Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following may contain offensive language, adult humor, and or content that some viewers may find offensive. The views and opinions expressed by any one speaker does not explicitly or necessarily reflect or represent those of Mark Rattledge or W2M Network. Please listen with caution, or don't listen at all. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you, my pretties, are listening to a rad religion broadcasting premier podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and here, here's your, there it is, there it is, there, perfect, I've got the angle. A little further down, looks like you're pointing at me. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, the host of these fear proceedings, our dear leader, has a special message for you. And that message is as follows. <clears throat> he gave this to me to read, and I will read it to the people from Dear Leader. Your pirate ship can eat a bag of dicks. Your pirate ship can eat a giant bag of dicks. Your shitty wee boat is a fucking joke. It's just the unwanted leftovers of a jobby tugging barge. Your pirate ship can eat a bag of dicks. Your pirate ship can eat a giant bag of dicks. You better give us all your money in your treasure chest, or Alexis Haina is going to take a shit on your fucking lawn. And with that special message from Dear Leader Red, ladies and gentlemen, here is Dear Leader himself, Robert Winfrey. Not your best work, Mark. <laughs> throw that out there. I am so lost right now. It's he's quoting <laughs> Ailstorm lyrics. Yeah, I got them on my brain. Um, a bit of serendipity, however, I am wearing technically a pirate shirt as you read this. See, it all comes this is, together. This is my 
I can mirror this properly. Yeah, this is my the uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves shirt. That is a quality saying right there. Hey, look, I tend to like it. You know, Zach uh, Alexis already did it. Um, Zachary enjoys my tomfoolery, so you know he says that I have the heart of a poet. He's not and wrong. Yet, but no, it wasn't you who you have wrote the, it. What you have are the fingers of a plagiarist. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not even transformative. Like that's just plagiarism. <laughs> Uh, it's been on my brain since last night and all day today, and I felt the need to share it with the world as a way of introducing our dear leader, Robert Winfrey. And what are we doing tonight, toots? Well, when you said dear leader, I went, wait a minute, why are you talking in the third person? We all know who, Steve, we all know who cracks the whip. <laughs> where and, there's uh... a whip. Hey, David, where there's a whip, there's a way. Isn't that right? Yeah, I don't want to go to war today, but the Lord of the Lash says nay, nay, nay. The Rattlers and Broadcasting Network saying... We're gonna march all day, all day, all day. Mark's, ma Mark's making making me watch The Idol. <laughs> yeah, I am. And after He's that, making I will, me watch The Blackening. After that, I will raise you all the double bird and walk off into the sunset. I'm fairly <laughs> sure. Anyway, pants, tonight, pants, uh, pants down as you waddle away. Going well, off to live deliberately. Going to have to do something <laughs> deliberately. Living is uh, kind of a question mark. <laughs> anyway, tonight, everybody, we're talking about, yay, Marvel's back, sort of. And better than ever. Well, sort better of. since No Way Home, but I think we all agree that's the lowest hurdle in the world right now. Yeah. You should introduce the other two people speaking on the podcast, by the way. So I will. So we are talking about. You already about... introduced me. You said I was going to shit somewhere. That's on the lawn. On the lawn. But that's yeah. only. But that's only if you got they don't give us again. all the money in your treasure chest. Anyway, Alexis Haina is <laughs> with us, per mostly usual. How you doing, Alexis? Doing good. Uh, spent the whole day driving from Indianapolis. Uh, happy to be back in my home. Happy to not have to uh, talk like I'm in a wind tunnel this time. Uh, those of you who listened to the Peter Pan and Wendy review, I apologize. <laughs> well, you knew when Alexis was about to talk, by the way, because, you know, John, Robert and I are talking normal and suddenly you hear. <laughs> and another thing about this stupid movie. Like, oh, fuck, there's Alexis. What? At least I <laughs> muted it when I wasn't talking so you didn't have to hear the wind tunnel the whole time. <laughs> Side note, it's not my fault. My Honda Civic is not soundproof. Actually, it was a really good way of making sure everybody shut up and let you speak. Yeah, <laughs> it was a nice. Say, you you would telegraph every time you were about to talk, and Robert and I would just go, "Oh, here comes Alexis." You know, gangway. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, we might be onto something here. <laughs> oh, also, trust me, I think if I make a habit out of this, Mark's <laughs> gonna kill me on principle. Also, here our resident Marvel apologist, David Wright. I try and bring a balanced opinion to things, as all things should be. And we appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you, Thanos. Uh, you know, Iron Man did the entire MCU dirty when he killed Thanos, just saying it out loud. Like, it's all been downhill since then. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 oh, is a 2023 American superhero film based on Marvel Mark Comics superheroes. Wiki. Team Guardians of the Galaxy, produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Motion Pictures, formerly a movie studio. It is, eh. <laughs> it is current, the final... <laughs> current dumpster fire. Currently um, slave drivers, if you read their tweets about the writer's strike. Yeah, yeah, it is the final installment of the Guardians of the Galaxy film trilogy, the sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy 2014 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And the 32nd, good God, fil uh, film in the Marvel Cinematic 
discrepancy. The film was written and directed by James Gunn and features an ensemble cast, including, including but not limited to Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillian, Palm Clementine, uh, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Will Poulter, shut up, Sean Gunn, uh, Chuck Norris, Linda Cardellini, Nathan Fillion, and Sylvester Stallone. In the film, the Guardians embark on a mission to protect Rocket Raccoon from the High Evolutionary. All right. So, where do we even want to begin here for TikTok purposes <laughs> before we get into this? How about the fact that it's become abundantly clear that that brief firing that Kevin Feige uh, authorized of James Gunn will officially become, in the eyes of the Disney studio, horrible mistake number one. You think so? Yeah. It was more than it wasn't number one. In the, yeah, in the, but I didn't but have the I didn't ha, I don't have time to count the horrible mistakes they've made previously. The, that might be the biggest one, certainly the biggest one recently. It was but, course, but in the eyes of DC and Warner Brothers, the greatest thing that ever happened to them. I mean, look, I can't. We're going to talk about the James Gunn thing for a few minutes. Let's let's fine. Let's let's break this down. Number one. Um, let me go back and say that when James Gunn got fired briefly from Marvel and they went ah! and fired him right back again, he was like canceled and uncanceled in like 24 hours. Um, 24 hour cancellations. They're going around. Yeah. And it was enough time for him to go make suicide, make the suicide squad. We, yeah, we, uh, we did. It really looked like it was shot in a weekend. We, <laughs> hey, I love that movie. That's my favorite DC film right now. You were the only one that saw it. No, um, <laughs> it didn't make a lot of money anyway. Uh, Day and date. We did a podcast on um, the, for the brief period that Ronnie was doing podcasts on what I told him to talk about. We did a whole thing on James Gunn and we called it the day laughter died. And there was a long form discussion about like cancel culture. And, you know, you know, the, the whole thing was there was this cottage industry of people that were dedicated to opposition research, essentially. But, you know, the kind of thing that you would do on your on, on your opposing candidate but they were doing it to celebrities they didn't like. And so they dug into James Gunn's like old tweets. And it's funny, the evolution of Twitter, because it was clearly one of those things that people didn't know what they had when they had it. So they were like, oh, fire burns. It certainly does, Ollie. Like the people are on Twitter and just like, there's no harm of the kind of jokes that I would make among my amongst my friends that never got me into trouble before and make those jokes on Twitter. 10 years later, some dork, you know, who's told take down said celebrity, find said tweets and goes, look, he's a racist. Look, he's a homophobe. Look, he hates women. Look, he said something unkind about a about a gal's vagina. And suddenly you lose your job. And they, and there was this Robert and, and you and I have talked about this. There was this brief Such moment. Is the in, insanity of the world. Well, there was this brief moment in time where the celebrities were acting like Jews during the Holocaust. We're like, oh, God, we're, we're beset on all sides. Everyone's coming after us. And it was like the least. Quick, everyone, sim- everyone get together and let's sing. Let's sing a Beatles song via <laughs> compilation. That'll. It was the least sympathetic cry for help anyone had ever heard. Oh, no, celebrities are celebrities are being yelled at by by neckbeards on Twitter. You're People not had- wrong, Mark, but weren't the guys who dug him up? Did, didn't they do it because Gunn said some pretty horrible shit about Trump? 
I, I, I distinctly remember I this, was couple, this was a couple. This was a couple of yeah, months. Yeah, I do. I do believe it was. They didn't like his politics, so they found something in his yeah, Twitter and, yeah. history and used it to impart from his job, which is a bipartisan method, by the way. Yeah, like that's <laughs> you know that's an equal opportunity weapon that people are throwing around. It's right. I, I like I did say this is the sort of thing you would do for your opposition research yeah. to your other to the opposing candidate. At mm -hmm. no point did I say it was one sided. Um, but I, so I'll open it back up to you guys just because I think it's worth talking about for j just a few minutes. Like, I, I think, I think that's died down somewhat. We haven't had like a rash of cancellations as of late that I'm aware of almost as if well, like it got old in a hurry and the, the, the sensitivity to fire someone for something they said over 10 years ago uh these people just lost their taste for it like we, we the like it it blew up really quickly and then just as quickly kind of died down again but and not after everyone cried about it i think everyone two things i think one everyone realized what a mutually assured destruction button that is yeah like that's suddenly everyone's going shit what did i say about every everybody started ago? thinking about what they said <laughs> on, the, on the internet right. and suddenly right. went, yeah, how about we just leave this one alone <laughs> yeah every, suddenly suddenly everyone's in a uh, mexican standoff going how about we just put the guns away and walk away from this how about that right, yeah. right, like right. I, I have heard stories of like a, a journalist will write a story about you know this person said something horrible on twitter and then that person gets canceled and then someone looks through the twitter history of the journalist and finds something they said on twitter and <laughs> the journalist like, loses their job and it's just usually yeah, it's identical like, yeah and it's, it's, it's like, just keeps going back and forth and it, back it's and like forth. The, exactly it's like the tiktok of you wrote me into this well you wrote me into this well he wrote me into this and it's all like you know journalists and it's all people mm, it's, you, you can never predict what will upset or offend people and you know, in the future. So it's just, yeah, like maybe just realize that people change over time and some, and usually when people are young, we're dumb and say stupid things. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of been the mo the motif of the Rattlers and Broadcasting Network for over 10 years now. We're dumb. And oh, say you guys have shit. made sure that I am never going to be able to run for public <laughs> office. Dude, that, I got through two podcasts with Mark and realized, yeah, if I ever at any point considered that we're just done now. Yeah, I've ruined a lot of people's lives. Um, speaking of ruining people's lives, I think, uh, Alexis, you you would like us to move on uh, to what firing James Gunn then produced. Now, you talked about the Suicide Squad, and the Suicide Squad, as much as, much as I joked about it, was the unfortunate um, the unfortunate victim of like the post-COVID... Can we say COVID anymore? I don't remember. Sure. Um, the post-COVID... Uh, day and date thing where at the time that the Suicide Squad came out, yeah, it was in that year of day and date on HBO Max, but also I think like the Omicron virus, the Omicron variant, variant. Was going on. It, yeah, it came out at a time when most places were still closed. It came right. out August 2021. I know because that it came out the weekend I was in Disney World. Right. So we're talking like the beginning of August here. And, you know, because I, I was talking to M Melissa about, like, the Marvel movies, um, you know, like, oh, my God, the Guardians of the Galaxy is the best one, you know, has done the best financially yet. And it's like, yes, let's start with Black Widow and trace the history of failure um, over the last like few red, years. Red, 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 <laughs> yeah. red, black for No Way Home. Red, red, red. Right. It's, but, uh, it, it's a sad, sad, like, the, uh, the, the Disney executive Trail of Tears will be a historical 
you know, if if you were betting on, if you, again, people are in the year of twenty twenty one when um when Suicide Squad came out, the Suicide Squad came out, no one could have predicted that in August we were going to have had to deal with yet another variant, more COVID, and people just not wanting to go to the movies. And when you had the option of watching it on uh, your TV for free, you know, for the cost of fucking HBO Max, now Max. Whatever, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to call it Max. I'm sorry. That is so... I'm sorry. That just screams late '80s, early '90s. I, the the name just makes me feel like, oh, okay, I'm in Saved by the Bell now, right? Right. But um, you know, I think we were pretty favorable on the Suicide Squad. It was certainly a step up from Suicide Squad. Uh, I think James Gunn did did a remarkable job with it, and then just as quickly he got his job back to finish up Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and I'll kick this around to you guys, and then we can get into the plot synopsis. You're, 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 I'm going to pick at you a little bit, Alexis. Um, you're looking at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and the first two, and you're looking at uh, The Suicide Squad, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, James Gunn, he's got DC well in hand. I'm a little skeptical, and you know, not to say that I think he'll do a bad job necessarily. I don't know, and I think that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not convinced until I start to see what comes out of his shop that he's gonna be DC's savior, only because like I, I'm not entirely sure anyone can save DC right now. Like individual <laughs> movies, individual movies may be okay, but it's kind of like where Disney is in terms, you know, with their family entertainment, where they've just kind of lost the audience, and now the audience may not come back for years and years and years because they don't trust it. What say you? Well, it's a hell of a lot better than leaving it in Zack Snyder's hands, especially after the stuff that he revealed he wanted to do with his future movies. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I Again, I didn't catch if anyone else uh, discussed this in the network chat, but you did see his post about how he was going to reveal that the Amazons were Kryptonians, right? So? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I I genuinely mean that. Like, I, my reverence for the source material around this is non-existent. I don't care if you change it. I mean, look, there are people in our in our amongst our friends and group chats that if you change anything that's canonically, you know, from the source material, they go out of their minds. I'm not yeah. against changes to the source material. I just think that change is stupid. Um, what about you? Just to sort of, we can start to close this up, David. Do you think that uh, James Gunn, with his, you know guardians movies and the suicide squad do you think he'll be the guy that pulls D the dc plane out of the nosedive he's certainly got the skills to make a good product and he seems mm -hmm. to be getting enough support from the studio to be able to do that but yeah i agree your biggest question is is this just kind of bad timing like they missed their chance by going with Zack snyder until sort of the superhero genre is stagnating and and you know like will he be able to write the ship enough i mean he's kind of he's kind of in the terry metallis position of doing picard season three plug plug where <laughs> they kind of burned the first two seasons so bad everybody went away and then he gets it and he actually makes something good out of it mm -hmm. will, will that be enough will, will people be you know who are like how many times bitten now yeah yeah um 
Yeah. And, and of I, course, I just the- like that they finally brought someone in who's going to lead the DC in an actual direction. Yeah. You know, a lot of people complain, and I am with them that one of the problems with the DCEU, as it's called, is that they essentially said, okay, so what's the game plan? We want to do what Marvel did. Okay, but we actually need to lay things out. No, just do what Marvel did. Yeah. And the previous movies have had no direction. There's been no real sense of what is this building towards. A little ways back, Robert and I on our Black Adam review, and I, I remember this because I pulled the clip for TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that DC on film has now changed directions so many times. No one could make heads or tails of it if they fucking tried. It looks like it kind of looks like somebody tried different football plays on a whiteboard and just never erased the previous ones. It's a bunch of squiggly oh, lines yeah. in a bunch of different directions. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this before. It is one thing for us neckbeards and nerds to be able to figure out, decipher the code to these movies and go, well, this is this. And, you know, and then you then you explain it to somebody who doesn't watch these things and watch them glaze over. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the only other thing I would throw out there is like mm-hmm. we're we are in the Internet film criticism bubble. Right. Especially for nerd cinema. So what we all think is going to happen, like, you know, most people probably don't follow. Right. That's know, what I was who's getting. running what. Or th- mm-hmm. Like, remember, remember the 10 wonderful years that everyone spent saying who cares about Avatar and who would dare go see an Avatar sequel, you know, and despite all that and despite Alexis's opinions, love you, Alexis. I love you, you know, too. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, it went, just it just, her. Robert and I thought that movie was going to bomb, and we couldn't yeah, have been yeah. more wrong. I, I know. It's just whenever we mention Avatar, Alexis obligatory mentions that she does like a, not like Avatar, which I respect, but, you know... No, Over but twenty-five I, I, million people disagree. <laughs> and that no, that's the reason I always joke I hate it. It's like if it had just been like a mediocre reception, I would have been like, yeah, it's a mediocre movie. My problem is all the people who say it's who go to see it multiple times. It's you know, I, I feel like uh, Will Ferrell at that scene in Zoolander. It's like it's like, do you people not notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of used to most people, whatever I like, not being the big popular thing in the world. So you know. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, but like I say, like all, all of the in the know nerd geek culture YouTubers are all about you know Avatar. That's you know nobody cares about that anymore. The general public who don't care anything about what these people have to say, we're just like Avatar. Yes, more please. When we'll go see it multiple times, and yep. you know two point five billion dollars later, everyone's very quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> same it was kind I, of the same thing with look, Mario. I mean, there was a, with, with Mario Brothers, with the film community, it's just like this is a piece of garbage. Save, save your fucking money. And then, you know, a billion dollars later, it's like, well, none of us know what these people want anymore. (laughs) No, I I mean, look, we all, those of us with a modicum of awareness looked at Mario and went, recognizable IP, 
trusted studio. Right. Decent enough name recognition for the cast. This is probably going to be fine as long as they don't make a terrible movie. Right. Yeah, massive like, IP. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. They had, as, long as, as long as they don't screw it up, it's going to make a billion dollars. So, Robert, guess I, what? I, they didn't screw it up. So, Robin, yeah. I know you don't care, but if you hmm. could turn that page and weigh right. in on yeah, yeah or nay, do you think... I want to ask you a slightly different question than I got from uh, Alexis and David. Um, do you think that if James Gunn can success, if, J- if out of James Gunn's shop, two, three, four successively well-made, well-received, um, moderately uh, financially successful pictures come out of there, uh, it's going to be like a Clinton thing. You know, suddenly DC's back and James Gunn's going to get the credit for it. Do you see that as a possibility? I think it's possible. There's part of the problem uh, and part of the alchemy that went into Marvel kind of blowing up when it did was you had, I don't know what the appropriate analogy here is. <laughs> you had kind of a an office manager. Yeah. You had someone who was there who kind of just made sure the, the the machinery kept turning. And as long as you had the right people in the cubicles and you have an office manager who's competent, you turned out stuff that people were happy with. You know, the MCU is not some bastion of creativity. I'm not saying it's bad. I enjoy plenty of those movies, contrary to what gets said here frequently. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot we, of we do, tend to, we do tend to take up all, most of the positivity and leave you for the criticism. Uh, it's all right. I know my. I understand my job. <laughs> he 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 is he is he plays shortstop. Not everyone can play that position. Not everyone wants to play that position, and he is willing to take the ball bounces to the face. Yeah, but and DC has never had that, and I'm not entirely sure you can even get that because. I wonder when we look back on this, you know, 10, 15 years from now, what kind of get like what we think of the the MCU? Like, where does that does it continue for that long? I kind of doubt it. Not in its current form. Like, we still have superhero movies. Sure. Because you can tell you can make good movies out of that. But the interconnected multiple releases a year cohesive more or less cohesive storytelling building to these big punctuated moments i kind of wonder if that wasn't lightning in a bottle on a larger time scale i don't know how much let me um, replicate that let me go ahead and counter that and i don't want to i don't want to drag this out too much longer but let me go ahead and counter that i think people will always respond to good storytelling the problem i think right now is there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of willingness to commit to that kind of storytelling. Well, here's they, they, look, let, let me say this. There's a lot of holes in a lot of ships. And when I say that, I mean, these studios are not doing great. These studios are struggling. Um, and I, and I'm talking about on a macro level, they are still trying to figure out the marketplace that is rapidly changing and rapidly kind of losing faith in the in theater experience. We've said it a zillion times. I don't need to say it again. But when you're a when when you're universal and you're in the business of making in the, you know theatrical exhibitions, and you're looking at a marketplace that is dwindling by the moment, 
you, you pray know, more, that Tom Cruise doesn't break a hip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more and more people are are not wanting to go to the theaters to see things. And then, okay, so everything's going to be in home. Well, how do we make money with this? Because there's not a lot of money to be made that way. And so there's not an appetite. That's what I was looking for. There's not a tremendous amount of appetite for the kind of long-term... When Kevin Feige sat down with Marvel and after, like, Iron Man and, you know, maybe one or two more of these were hits... And they were like, okay, well, long, well, what's your long-term plan with this? You're just going to keep making these goofy movies? Like, no, we're actually telling this really big story here, and it's going to be in these chapters and phases, and this is where it's going to end, more or less. He had he had a roadmap, and they asked him about it, and they were like, this is this is our plan. They're like, okay, we're committed to this, and if some of these don't make money, that's fine. We're going to stay the course. That's ballsy, and it's also, like, not the norm. Right now, they're in the, no, 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 no. we're not interested... <laughs> I hate to I hate to say this because Alexis is going to fall out of her chair and David might you know roll his eyes or whatever, but it's that line from The Wire about we're not going to fix the fucking institution overnight. It's a super tanker. It's going to take a while to turn around, you know. And there's a there's a lot that goes into fixing this. Um, nobody has the patience or the appetite for that. They just want quick fixes. They they need they need to make money now. So, so I go back our, to the so again. We run our VFX team into the ground. We right. scrapbook the movie. <laughs> By shooting, we, we shoot five versions of the movie, and then in editing, we kind of cobble together something that represent that loosely makes a coherent story. <laughs> and it feels bad, and the poor actors are constantly doing reshoots and pickups. And the VFX squadron is, like, kept alive by being hooked with, up to liquid meth. <laughs> like, so you, you don't sleep. So you, oh, so, so you just described what's currently going on with the new Indiana Jones movie. Yes among other things like again like look people haven't been shy about what a disaster the production for ant-man was either like this is not unique i want to draw a different comparison um i don't know if you guys have seen air yet but um there was a discussion uh, it in comes movie. out later this month on just free on prime that's what i'm watching yeah so Same. there's a scene i'm going to end with this because unless there was some other brilliant thing you were going to say robert we can just go into the plot synopsis yeah but, i think we're supposed to be reviewing a movie in this podcast <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> I have to do my stuff for TikTok. Um, the Mark, the new medium, Mark, which the new medium I'm pushing. Mark has to do his art sometimes, and we all just have to kind of go along with it. That's right. Get naked and let me paint you. Now listen. Um, the no. there was, <laughs> no. There's a scene in Air where um, where Jordan through his mother uh, Viola Davis says to. Matt, I think it's Matt Damon. Like, yeah, he wants a piece of every shoe that we sell with his name on it. And they're like, well, no, 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 no. You, you, you give us your name, and we give you a check. That's how this works. And they're like, nope, <laughs> every shoe, every shoe. And Matt Damon goes to Ben Affleck, who is the CEO of Nike, and he was like, this is what they want. And they both have a tacit recognition: this is fundamentally going to change the marketplace forever. This is huge. If we do this. We are making history, maybe not for the better. This might kill the shoe industry for all we know. But, you know, money, you know, life is nothing without big chances, big swings. And so Ben Affleck kind of takes a deep breath and goes, fuck it, give it to him. This is either going to work really, really well or we're going to go out of business. And that's ballsy. That's, that's, that's the American spirit. Also, not a lot of people in places of leadership right now in the film industry willing to take that kind of ballsy Air Jordan chance. So how I round um, that back to James Gunn is, unless he's got somebody at Warner Brothers Discovery Pornhub that's going to stand behind him and say, 
go do your thing. We're getting out of your way and we're committed to you win, lose or draw. I, I think it's going to be a middling success at best. I think the last thing I want to say about this does, this is a little bit the decline of Marvel, but this is a general like industry wide problem. I think for the movie business, especially the bigger studios Again, that's Disney, that's Paramount, that's universe, like the big ones. You have a lot of executive producers who have started to believe they have creative power. That's always been a thing. It all it always has, but it's gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Is kind of the point. I mean, for crying out loud, in this movie, they put Kevin Feige's name before the directors. <laughs> this is like in the credits. It's mm-hmm. Guardians Volume Three, a Kevin Feige production, a James Gunn film. It's getting worse, and if Feige were that creative, he wouldn't be in his job. He'd be doing something creative, and it's – and again, that's a that's an industry-wide thing. There's a lot of people who have been in that position for a long time who have been adjacent enough to creative talent that they believe they've kind of osmotically developed some, and that's not how that works. All right, so tell us about this movie that was a Kevin Feige production in a James Gunn film. They did, they did the same thing with um, – uh, Multiverse of Madness. You actually had Kevin Feige's name before uh, Sam Raimi's. So. 30 minutes into this discussion, maybe we should actually yeah. talk about the movie. So, it out. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 opens with a flashback to Baby Rocket as he and his litter is, is the all the baby raccoons. He's in a cage, and in comes the high evolutionary who will perform terrible, terrible things on this poor helpless baby raccoon and don't you feel bad um flashing forward we get to what the guardians have been up to they have been establishing nowhere the city of the the head of the dead celestial they're trying to turn it into a functioning city not just a den of thieves a hive of scum and villainy we want this to be a good place for the record if you watch the guardians of the galaxy holiday special they actually uh, did show that. So th- there's a few plot points that carry over from that. Uh, David, you and I uh, were part of the team that reviewed that over yep. the holidays. Plug, plug. So all is going more or less well. Uh, Peter Quill is an alcoholic now because he isn't over Gamora coming back, but not really coming back, but a different Gamora, and he just doesn't know what's up. Rocket started getting into music. He has stolen Peter's Zune. Zune. <laughs> And all of this happy paradisiacal building of this location, we will build the utopia market, will be in the head of this dead celestial. This is all ruined. All of this is ruined by Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock shows up and he is trying to kidnap Rocket and he gets into a fight and he shoots Rocket and he destroys Groot, leaves nothing but a head, which then regenerates very quickly. Tell and, me anyone, someone else saw that and thought, well, James Gunn's clearly a fan of the thing. A little bit. Uh, that definitely was there. Eventually, uh, Nebula stabs Adam Warlock through the back and he goes, ow, that actually hurts. And then runs away. <laughs> but Rocket has been injured and they're trying to help him, but their magical med packs don't work on him. In fact, they trigger something on his heart that tries to kill him. And they look at Rocket and go, well, what are we going to do? And Nebula plugs into his USB port and kind of looks at all through all of his cybernetic information and goes, 
yeah, there's a thing here that will kill him if someone other than the people who have copyrighted and created Rocket, because he is proprietary property. He's an IP, Mark, and we know IP. Mm -hmm. um, they find a location where this company exists, and they're going to go find the giant uh, access code that will bypass the kill switch on Rocket. They have 48 hours to do this, because we need a ticking clock. So they fly to this giant organic doohickey. They find Nathan Fillion. They break in. There's an action scene. Uh, they run into Gamora. They find Gamora along the way because she's hooked up with the Ravager. She's one of them. And there's a lot of angst between her and Peter. Because Peter's like, don't you understand? It used to be good. And she's like, no, I literally didn't. They plucked <laughs> me out of a timeline where I was still working with Thanos. <laughs> willingly. Like, no, I never did any of that. <laughs> I and mean, you don't remember it. It literally never happened. I'm not an amnesiac. <laughs> um, anyway, they break in. They get a file. Uh, turns out that's not actually what they need. They need something that has now been erased. It exists in the head of one of the high evolutionaries, goons. And throughout this, we're getting flashbacks to Rocket's past, where he was torn apart, remade, given sentience. Uh, given, you know, the physical enhancements, the cybernetic enhancements, and his friends that he met while he was in this horrible facility, there was an otter, there was, a, like, a miniature walrus. I think it was just supposed to be, like, a young walrus. Because that was a small walrus. <laughs> and a rabbit, and they all become friends in their captivity, and this is how he gets his name, and again, there's a lot of flashbacks there. And we meet the High Evolutionary, who is our villain. And he his goal is to create the Utopia. He wants the perfect society. He wants, And he is struggling with this. And he started small. And he's been building things and trying to artificially engineer it. And he and has Rock no qualms about completely erasing any mistakes violently. Well, why would you? You, you really don't want to let... Herbert West taught us what happens when you don't appropriately deal with your mistakes in that respect. So I, I, I get it. Uh, Rocket helps him along the way. He looks at one of his processes and goes, uh, that's wrong. Here, here's, here's your problem. And then the high evolutionary goes, how did you know? Uh, because it worked. You were right. You fixed the problem. But I made you. And if I couldn't figure it out, how could you figure it out? And uh, yeah. Rocket eventually escapes because of course he does. But all his friends tragically die along the way. Anyway, in the in the more current timeline... They all head to Counter-Earth, which is the High Evolutionary's world. It looks a lot like Earth. And they all land there, and they try to go find this actuary who's got the computer in his head. I'm sorry, did you have a, uh, a moment where they, they land? You see, I mean, you see it's in the trailer, so it shouldn't have been too much of a shock. But I kept thinking, like, oh, look, they landed on the planet Bojack Horseman's from. Look, the, the true crime of the High Evolutionary is that he's a furry. I was going to say, I was the one in the audience go, it's like, oh, the furries are going to have a field day with this. We are going to see so many cosplays next year. I advise you to avoid certain sections of the internet in the wake of this. <laughs> anyway, or if that's your kink, you know. It's like, anyway. just remember, there is still DeviantArt. Sort of. Uh, I, I could yell about that, but that'll take time. <laughs> anyway, they arrive at something approximating like a late 70s, early 80s time period for this group, because that's the aesthetic going on. 
Star-Lord gets our one F-bomb, I believe the first in the history of the MCU. <laughs> it was. It was. But it was hilarious. And as and they drive to where the High Evolutionary is on this planet. Uh, they drive through downtown Baltimore, basically, and look around going, this is a utopia? <laughs> we get to see a dude with an octopus for a head selling, I think they call it's, it. Was, they said it was meth. Yeah. yeah. They were the definitely kids. down in the hole. Yes, they were. <laughs> And as they drive past the Baltimore Police Department doing nothing. <laughs> and there and there on the corner, we do see Avon Barksdale going, how'd I get here? <laughs> uh, Idris Elba, you know, they, 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 they cut to Idris Elba in a um, mid-built high-rise being shot to pieces going, get on with it, motherfuckers. That was the second F-bomb in the Marvel Universe. This is... <laughs> This no, is that actually, was your second wire reference in one show. This is actually what happened to uh, what's his face. You took over for Avon, the deeply unsatisfying <laughs> drug kingpin. He got. Oh, uh, he, he, he talking he about? Got, oh God, no, I can't remember his name. Just please, please, please. Nobody sir. can. Anyway, he got. We are not talking about the wire. Moving <laughs> along. He was abducted by ravagers, much like Peter Quill, and dropped off here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they arrived to talk with the high evolution yeah, after getting to a fight on the street going to my name is my name and then like whoop Elfie went this is all your fault Robert it is <laughs> I apologize for nothing in this case you never apologize for anything that's not true if we keep interrupting him we're going to be here till midnight anyway they arrive at the high evolutionary ship he starts taking off they tack Peter grabs this low level computer headed guy Dives off of the. We're into the final stretch here, so there's just action sequences after missed missed opportunities to talk with each other. You they missed get, the part part where the high evolutionary says, "Yeah, you know what? You're right. This isn't that great." And the planet oh, he, goes boom. He does. He blows up the planet. See, they Peter confronts him about you know the perfect society doesn't have meth, and he goes, <laughs> "You're right. I'm going to be destroying all this and starting over. That's all I can do at this point. It's gone too far. Nothing else I can do." So. They get the computer. He blows up the planet. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We get to our big space fight as Gamora goes, what kind of monster destroys a civilization? And everybody and their dog goes, you literally worked for Thanos five minutes ago. It only destroys half of civilizations. Usually. All of the civilizations, but half of all of them. The civilizations <laughs> imagine- are all still intact. I imagine there's a few he just wiped out wholesale. Like you, you got to look at some of them and just go, you know what? This is not worth it. So our big final action set piece is nowhere. The entire head has now become ambulatory through space. So they propel it over. They shoot. We get a big action sequence. Rocket is saved after nearly dying. 
Uh, we get our big slow-mo one-take fight scene through a hallway to the sound of Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. That For those awesome. of you who want to hear Robert and Mark talk about the Beastie Boys, please go and look at our Star Trek Kelvin timeline retrospective. About 40 minutes in, there's a 20-minute talk of them. And that will contain everything in this discussion. Nobody, Plugs- cares. Nobody cares about that. Go on my TikTok, at Mark Rattledge, <laughs> and look at the TikTok where that's labeled, there's only one Beastie Boys song. That tells yes. you everything you need to know. Yeah, sabotage. Yep. So they fight through. Rocket helps them fight through. The High Evolutionary's crew tries to revolt against him, but he is super powerful. He controls gravity through the power of technology. Uh, he, I thought it was like an energy burst kind of thing. I don't thing. know. He said, gra- he said gravity. That's kind of why I went He's got a well, super suit that shoots yeah. purple stuff that does things. He has the Magic. force. Move on. So he wipes out most of his support staff. He's losing the battle with... Uh, all the people coming from nowhere. They rescue all the kids because he was about to start over uh, with his new society. It he the entire impetus here. Oh, Adam Warlock is still here, but his mother's died now, so he's all sad. But he's got a cute little fluffy alien with him that he's bonded with. Sure, uh, Warlock is here. They should have left him to die, but they didn't because Groot decides everyone deserves a second chance. To be fair, half of the Guardians of the Galaxy did. Our people had tried to kill. The remainder of the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's very true. Like, yeah, that's, that's like, apparently like the audition to get into the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Have we tried to kill each other? <laughs> yes, Nebula. It took Nebula five tries to get in. True. Wait list is a. It's not an easy wait list. We're so close. Um, the High Evolutionary and Rocket fight. Uh, the rest of the Guardians show up. They kill the High Evolutionary. No, he they wanted, don't. They just let him die on the ship. They let it. Whatever. Their actions immediately lead to his death. Yeah. Close casket claws. Definitely. Um, The High Evolutionary have been trying to get Rocket back because Rocket's brain is the only one in all the time he's been doing this that actually had a degree of creativity and invention and everyone else is just kind of like regurgitating stuff rather than, uh, you know, having like the spark of interest. So he wants to study his brain because of course he does. Uh, Anyway, they... Uh, the High Evolutionary is left to die as the ship blows up. Everyone tries to escape. Quill goes back for his Zune. He gets stuck in space. And in our fourth fake-out death of the entire movie, he nearly dies in the vacuum of space, but Adam Warlock saves him, thus proving that, once again, Groot was correct. <laughs> Everyone is saved. Everyone is happy. And then we get our epilogue here where Quill says, you know what? It's time we kind of go our separate ways, a lot of us. He has this Rambo 4 moment where he goes back to the farm. Yeah, and we all wish that had been the end of Rambo. Yep. Because we saw the other one. Um, But Quill decides, I'm going to go back to Missouri. I'm going to find my grandfather if he's still alive. I've been running from my past and my life for a long time, and I need to deal with that. Nebula decides, I'm going to stay here on Nowhere and lead the city and try to make it the type of home I always wanted. And Drax, you stay here because you're supposed to be a dad. And Mantis decides she wants to go off, too. Mantis decides she goes off, so she takes a bunch of the Aboleths with her, and that's a whole thing. And Groot stays with Rocket, and Rocket leads the new iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. They have a dance party to some terrible 2000s music. (laughs) I like that song. You're allowed to like terrible things. It's okay. All right. Um, Our mid-credits scene is the most relevant one, where... The new Guardians featuring Groot, Rocket, new Finhead, not Yondu, I forget his name, but the guy Raglan. who took over Yondu's era. Raglan, yeah. Raglan, Raglan, thank you. And 
Captain Marvel Jr. Phyla. That's that's not a joke. She is, she does become a Marvel, I think, at some point. In the comics, she's the daughter of the yeah. original Marvel. So Captain Marvel Jr. has the same power. Like as soon as she fired up her powers, like that's what. Oh, great! You're one of them. <laughs> uh, they all talk about music, and Rocket plays the same song from the first Guardians. Yeah, come and get reason. your love. Come I and read get your um, love. As he and the rest of the Guardians embark on another mission, and he fondly recalls uh, all the steps that he took to get here. And then in our post credit scene, Star-Lord and his grandfather have breakfast together. All right, While David. reading a newspaper about how Kevin Bacon got abducted by aliens. What did you think Again, of the movie? Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. What did you think of the movie, David? I thought it was very well done. Like, uh, James Gunn is just such a solid filmmaker. Like, his, he just seems to know exactly what to do to get the right emotional responses out of people and to to make everything gel sort of seamlessly together. Like, there are scenes in this film where I am laughing and I am crying and I am angry and I am happy and I am sad all in about the same minute of screen time. And none of it feels like it doesn't belong together. Like, this isn't like Taika Waititi's, you know, darkness, 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 joke! Dark, 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 <laughs> joke! It, like, he just has this really good talent for melding all this stuff together. And yeah, if, if you are someone who loves cute and cuddly critters, uh, you, you might want to be careful about going to see this one. Yeah. I, I think James Gunn like, was watching Toy Story and saw Sid's toys and went like, what if they were cute and fluffy animals? <laughs> and, you know, it, it might be a cheap way of pulling at people's heartstrings, but damn it, it worked. Um. Yeah, I, the action scenes. Yes, to both of those. Yes, <laughs> it is action cheap, scenes, but it does work. Yeah, action scenes were decent. I mean, his, his his choice of music is always spot on for everything. Um, yeah, it, everyone had an arc. Everyone had their own thing to do. It didn't seem to focus on one character more than the others. Well, maybe with the exception of Rocket, who's in a coma for three quarters of this film, but still manages to be affecting um like i even love it like at the end both nebula and drax get like a mini character arc in like the last mm -hmm. 20 minutes of this film and it actually works yeah like like i got like that is a better character arc than i've seen in entire movies written by other writers <coughs> alex kurtzman <laughs> not wrong yeah like it, it, it was a good swan song i thought for 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 gun to go out on and i think it seemed like he was able to kind of just do his own thing for the most part uh, even the post-credit stuff never really seemed to tie into much else. My own, my, my only real criticisms of it are, uh, again, this thing is like what two and a half hours. Like I swear, like directors, you all should have to go and screen the final cut of your film after downing a big gulp immediately. <laughs> Feel our pain. It's hard to it's, it's, it's hard green, to appreciate the genius of your work. Of green tea. Here's a tall glass of green tea. Now watch Killers of the Flower Moon. You bastard! Yeah, here's yeah, a, here's a jumbo sized lemonade. Go watch Tar. Yes. Yeah. Now, now, Mr. Cameron, we're gonna lock you in this room, and you're not coming out until the film's over. Uh, and by the I, way, you're dude, he would electrocuted. Just he would just walk out and go. That corner needs to be cleaned. <laughs> That's why I said make the seats electrocuted. Go ahead, Dave. Yep, yep, but uh, only other criticism is though I I am not a big comic reader, so I do not know Adam Warlock. From what I hear, it's not the Adam Warlock of the comics. 
Nope. Not even I, close. I, I, will, I will leave that discussion to people who know more than me about that. It's coming but up. I, it, I, like it, does, it does kind of feel like he... I think Alan Warlock was probably the biggest casualty of James Gunn getting fired. Like I, My assumption mm-hmm. was there was the plan to have him be around for Endgame and fight Thanos, but now it's like, well, we teased Adam Warlock at the end of the last film, so we kind of need to have Adam Warlock in this film. He he felt like a studio note for this. Like, yeah, he the Adam Warlock character could have been written out of this movie very easily. The the whole anything having to do with the Sovereign could have been written out of this, and I feel like it yeah. was, and I feel like it wasn't included in the first draft. And then they were like, oh shit, we never really resolved the Sovereign stuff or Adam Warlock from the second movie. I think we better. And they were like, oh, fuck it, attach it to the High Evolutionary. Then I don't know what else to do. Yeah. I did like the plot yeah. thread that the High Evolutionary created the Sovereign. I yeah, thought that wasn't was a bad way of, of, of integrating it. It was back, way obvious it was tacked on. It's yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it totally sent... backfill, but it's not the worst way to go about that either. Yeah. Okay, and, let me put it this of... way. If they had just said that line without actually having Adam Warlock or the High Priestess in there, it was just a casual mention that he created the Sovereign, that still would have been cool. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Um, speaking of the High Evolutionary, I think this is probably one of the better villains we've gotten out of Marvel. By a mile. Uh, he's, his, uh-huh. this guy. He was medicine. Him. You hated him. He was somewhat entertaining. He didn't chew the scenery too much, but like the you know you, you see like he's he's imposing yet also he's almost comical when he, things don't work out and he in, has his breakdowns and freakouts. In no particular order, Loki, uh, Charlton Heston. Not Charlton Heston. What the fuck is name from Winter Soldier? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Robert, Robert Redford. Uh, Robert, yeah. Robert Redford, Loki, Thanos, High Evolutionary. Uh, you That's guys. kind of it. Yeah. Yeah, we should, we should have a podcast about villains in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Hey, wait a minute. Hang on. I got it. I got it. Here we Thank go. You. Robert, no, 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 everyone no, loves that. a bad guy. Marvel Villains Part 3. <laughs> you know, that got me dinged, by the way. I even even after I went out of my way to use, to use a non-dingable theme, it got dinged regardless. How? Uh, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, though it was really nice of him to put English on that cage at the end for, for us in the audience. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, like why is everybody speaking English in the first place? But well, anyway, there is tech yeah. there's technically an in-universe explanation for that, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um Quill and a couple of the others actually have universal translators installed on them, and it's shown that they do. Yeah. yeah. So they're also speaking their own language, but the translator makes it so we yeah. hear but, all. But, but, the ra- but the raccoon cage at the end was labeled in English. It yeah. was. They, they all have the babble fish. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Sorry. Um, that, that, that was my one Mr. Wizard moment. So but I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, it, I always pick out Alexis for that. So it was your turn because I, I hate, 
I love you guys to death, and the fact that you're all like, let's talk about the minutiae of all of this stuff that doesn't matter. The world you're, building you're, does matter. Like, we're we're like, nerds. It's what like, we do. We yeah, have this you moment where Rocket looks and he finds the other baby raccoons that he, like the cage <laughs> that he came from, and he looks into their little eyes, and they look into his eyes, and he like lets them out, and he like cuddles them all up, and right. they all start crawling over, and it's this beautiful emotional moment of him accepting himself, and oh look at the cute little critters, they must be saved, and I'm just thinking. Why is that sign in English? Yeah, I understand everyone on this podcast has autism. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but anything else, David? Uh, I think I'm good for now. I'll kind of okay. maybe bounce off of everyone else. When Go ahead, Alexis. Show us where you're pissed from. Okay, well, I will start with saying that, yes, I absolutely loved the High Evolutionary. Uh, okay, so I am undoubtedly going to massacre this actor's name. I call him Chuck Norris. Go with that. Shukwudi Iwuji, I believe, is how it's good pronounced. Good, good um, attempt. He doesn't actually go by Chuck. So uh, we why. saw him previously in Peacemaker, which was also uh, directed by James oh, Gunn. Yeah. And he was great in that. And yeah, this is easily... It is so great to get a sociopathic, megalomaniacal villain with a god complex who we just want to see it taken down so badly. We want nice to see, see a villain with a clear motive. It was nice to see a clear motivation that isn't I want to take over the universe or kill the universe. It was, I, Robert talks about this on his very successful 10-year-long uh, podcast, Everyone Loves a Bad the Guy. Love of ten, <laughs> the last episode was over 10 years ago is kind of what we're getting at there. But he, one of the things that came up all the time, I'm going to go back to you in a second, Alexis, was the fact that your best villains are the ones that believe they are right and have a clear motivation for what it is that they're doing. He wanted to make the universe a better place. He was doing it through experimentation. He didn't think he was doing anything wrong. That's great. And it yeah, was nice. There, to, there is, yeah, there is like, no God. That's why I stepped in. Right, it's such I, a good line. It really it is. is. It's one of the best yeah. lines in all in any Marvel movie anywhere. Yeah. I was that, actually well, impressed. Yeah, well, that and you don't want a perfect world. You just hate the way things are. Yeah, it's less good. Go ahead, Alexis. No, I absolutely loved him. Like you guys are right. It has been a while since we've had a Marvel villain that we just adored on screen. I do love a good complex villain who's got you know issues with their motivation, and whatnot. But every now and then, it's so great to have someone this blindsided into their passion the fact that you know all of his advisors are going you need to stop you know chasing the, the fucking raccoon you need to give it up and even he's just like yeah. no i won't i won't i won't yeah. he will Sir, not let go mad with power have you ever tried going mad without power it's terrible nobody pays attention <laughs> yeah he goes full freaking ahab on these guys mm. i really did enjoy this movie um you know, James Gunn, you know, going back on a lot of things that David brought up, yes, James Gunn has an incredible talent for working with an ensemble cast. Every single character in this, and yeah, we'll shelve out a warlock for now, but yeah, every single character had an arc, had a storyline, did not feel forced, did not feel tacked on. You don't forget that anyone's there. It's like, oh yeah, were you part of this? It's not a case of why the hell are the Lost Boys here? Who the hell cares? They don't have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. hey wait, 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 we're going to be reviewing that movie for months. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, Why did... you... Hang on, hang on. Before she gets herself canceled, it's the lost it's the lost uh, inclusion of children, not lost boys. boys. You can't say boys in the year of our Lord, 2023. By the way, James Hook was one of them. His name was still on that door 
Why in the world did he have to be led back to that place where he grew up? The critical drinker asked the same question. Stop stealing from him, you hack. <laughs> but Mark, Red Letter Media just put up their Guardians of the Galaxy 3 review. I didn't have time to watch it before this one. Neither did I, and I'm un utterly I'm having to generate my own original thoughts here. I know, I wasn't able to steal Perish from them. The I wasn't able to steal from them either. This review's gonna suck because of it. Speaking of which, go ahead, Alexis. FYI, I tried not to steal from other critics. <laughs> we all tried. <laughs> we tried. The keyword being try. I try, incite, I, try, I try and cite them when I do, if I take a point from anyone else. So rattle to broadcasting network, stealing liberally from the internet for over 10 years. Go ahead, Alexis. All right. And yes, this movie hits your heartstrings at all at all the right moments this is a movie that yeah i i didn't cry but i was pretty damn close several times same, there were same, multiple yeah. times where i did the whole raise your mouth to your hand just going oh my god that moment those kind of moments i don't know exactly yeah. what you'd call their reaction but i did that a lot yeah parents you're you're gonna want to pre-screen this one before you bring your your, your kids to it or or hear me out bring your kids on a school night to a seven and a half hour marathon so which of us Mark, is that? there something you want to tell us? Jeez, Mark, I wonder He's which state you live in. He's admitted to that multiple times. Like that Mark yeah, did like that. that's not a secret. I put it on Twitter. No, I loved every part of this movie. There were so many moments that, yeah, just really caught me off guard, hit me emotionally. Tons of wonderful laughs. All of the actors did a really good job. I still don't get the whole Chris Pratt hate. He was phenomenal in this. He's been good in pretty much everything people he's just done. Don't, people just don't like him. It's, got, it's, it has nothing to do with his work. Just he, don't got like shit, him. he got shit in this, for this movie or just general Chris Pratt hate? Just general Chris Pratt hate. I mean, we've talked in the Mario Brothers movie about how people threw a bitch fit when he got cast as Mario, even yeah, though we watched and we said he was good. Yeah, but that's because he wasn't going to sound like a Goomba. But, like, I don't understand... In fifty words or less, fill me in. I don't get the Chris Pratt hate. Oh, I, I, don't I can do this. Out. I can do this very quickly. Please, Robert, right. go ahead. He's a member of a church that has been accused of gay bashing. Moving on. Go ahead, Alexis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, that church has actually been affiliated with another church that supported conversion therapy. I so wanted to not get into it. Please continue. You open Pandora's box. I, I asked what the I got an answer to my question and then went yikes and said let's move on. Hey, it was still under fifty words. Oh, Loki. <laughs> um, this was a real uh tour de force for it. It was a, sh a showing of how good of a filmmaker James Gunn is. Why I made the joke earlier about how this is probably the best thing that's going to happen to Warner Brothers and the worst thing that happened to Marvel was letting him go because it's clear that he is one of the most powerful directors that they have and he has brought them three amazing movies and one uh, Disney Plus special that we greatly enjoyed and it sucks now that they're not going to get him for Marvel anymore. All right. Um, I like the movie. I don't know if I liked it. Having sat through the marathon... I don't know if I... I think the High Evolutionary is a better villain than Ronan the Accuser or Ego, but I think overall, nothing beats the first one. Um, it's this the most one, mindless fun. Or even a bit mindful fun. It's more, it's more than mindless fun. Having sat through them again and being able to reappraise them, um, all sitting, sitting through it all at once, I will tell you, the first one is a lot leaner and a lot more straightforward. 
um feels less like a video game going through a series of fetch quests thank you critical drinker um see that's how you do is that's how you steal um but uh this one felt disjointed this one felt you know you talked talk about like studio notes with the sovereign and especially adam warlock and boy will i get to that in a moment um look i'm not taking it away from james gunn he made a good movie this is by far the best moral movie in you know since endgame not counting no way home I'd even um, count No Way Home and say this is better. Um, but uh, I don't count No Way Home because it's half a Sony jam. And I don't want to get into the debate That's about fair. that. Um, so if you're talking about Marvel movies proper with no other studio um, no other studio interference, this is the best one they've done since uh, Endgame. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. And great. Good for them. But it's not perfect, and I'm not going to heap giant amount of praise on it because it's got some issues, not, not the least of which was... It drags and pe- it, dra- it the pacing's off. Um, it's disjointed yeah. in places. That third act is interminable, and it's a little unreadable at times. Like I watched the Suicide Squad, and the action in it is very readable. We talked about that when we reviewed it a few years ago. But the- I couldn't follow that third act, and it went on fucking forever. I was getting lost in parts of the ship or the pyramid or the the office building he worked in that was flying around. I it. There were parts where it was like re- they would like finish up a sequence or a set piece, and then they would go and they would go back to, and and this I think goes to the the art of setting in your movie. Um, they keep going back to the same places in that same building. It got way boring after a while. It was driving me nuts. And then like your big final action set piece is the bridge between two ships, and at first it's pretty cool, but it, it also goes on forever. And by the time and by the time we get to Peter doing an Indiana Jones with his fucking hat, only it's a Zune. And then they, and then he doesn't make it and he ends up being dropped out in space. And I was like, oh shit, we're going to kill, we're going to kill Star Lord for the, I could finally look at my son with tears in my eyes and tell him this is the greatest moment of our lives. They're going to kill a major Marvel character. And then they bring him back to life again. And I'm like, oh fuck this movie. Um, <laughs> I was like, why don't these characters all bring spacesuits with them? They're like these little like disc things that I know, right? Yeah, they established you. that in the second movie. They have the yeah, access have, to that technology, right? They had the, the little yeah the um the force field thing, but like they they look. I don't care that they have it or they don't have it. They 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 kill him for a moment, and it's again as if you know somebody at Marvel was like, you can't kill him. We're gonna use him later. Like, god damn it! And now you have to like. Which was a nice moment for for Bane to go out there and get him, um, but I was like, "Ugh, we really we can never have any stakes in these movies. 
you know, again, my son, nine-year-old genius son, said it a few years ago, and it remains true. Nobody fucking dies in Marvel movies. Everyone comes back to life. It's the most annoying. Except for Ben Parker. Yeah, except for Ben Parker. Um, I, let, I'll get into the Adam Warlock thing, and I, I'm not going to take this from the I'm married to the canonical comics. You know, that is Warlock in name only. I, I will say this. Um, I compared him to Bane from Batman and Robin. You know, Bane was this really cool, menacing character. He has this whole Nightfall storyline in the comics that's wildly popular and now, you know, worth tons of money. Where he, you know, where he sets loose all of the villains in Gotham. You know, Batman spends a night uh, being beaten half to death by trying to put all these guys back in, in Arkham. And at the end of it, there's Bane, and Bane breaks his back and he's fucked off for a year. I will break it's, the bat. Not a Batman. Um, and it's great. And everyone loves Bane because of it. And because Bane was popular at the time, they had to make sure they threw him to Batman and Robin, but because they did him dirty, they turned him into Jojo the monkey boy, as I called him once on a long road to ruin. <laughs> Same fucking thing with Adam Warlock. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and bemoan the fact that this is Warlock in name only. He is nothing like his comic book character. I don't, however, think it's great writing to introduce his major character, who is Superman, is despite being Superman, unable to like if he was just there to grab Rocket, why he stuck around for a fist fight, I have no idea. Because he um, sucks. He's bad yeah. at his job. Well, it's bad writing, is what it is. He, oh, they, yeah. they wrote him to where he's in, practically invincible. He grabs grabs the small teddy bear, throws it in a bag, take the fuck off again. He should have been halfway to the sovereign by the time anyone knew what was happening. And instead, because they because they have to like, well, we're going to do X, Y, Z. So we have to have one, two, three set up. They write stupid. And he ends up in a fist fight for no reason. And then has an injury that isn't explained. And then he fucks off again until we need him later on in the picture. That's just not good writing. And it annoyed the piss out of me. Um, and I don't like the fact that they didn't do anything. They, they essentially set him up as a goon. And it was a waste of that character. If you're going to, if you want to have a goon character, make a goon character or find one from Marvel canon that would work well for that. They used the wrong character for what they needed him for in the movie. Again, not great writing. Um, I will echo everyone's sentiment about the high evolutionary. He's the best part of the movie. He is absolutely amazing. Not going to get any awards for it, but he, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry if he got nominated for, you know, best supporting actor. He's phenomenal. And this he's he's the, the best performance in this. Um, I do have to, <laughs> I do have to echo a lot of the complaints about uh, Peter and Gamora to where it's been a while. They, they yeah. left earth. They left earth after Endgame many years ago at this point, a lot's happened. And he's still pining over her and hasn't gotten, and specific, I mean, like, I, pine for your lost love, mourn for your lost love. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say one shouldn't, and it's not up to me to say it should take a minute or a day or years or decades, whatever. You know, we're all built differently, and, you know, love hits us differently, each one of us. But my frustration is he's still bellyaching about the same point. But Gamora, and you brought this up, David, but Gamora... You're the you're we're, we're gonna eventually fall in love. He was like, Yeah, I don't know you, asshole. I haven't met you in this timeline. At the time that I was yanked out of my own, I was, you know, I hadn't even betrayed Thanos yet and come up with a plan. Like, it's not this, it, like he, the, the fact that they wrote him this dumb irritated. It did get old fast. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he should like he should have been a drunk during Thor Love and Thunder. There was no and that's another thing. They established this team one way in Thor Love and Thunder. They're nowhere they're nothing like that in this movie. Like y'all talk to be fair, that's pretty much everything in Thor Love and Thunder. Well (laughs) I'm convinced Thor Love and Thunder is not canon. (laughs) It's a fan fiction. Um and I would also like to utilize the fan fiction. Um, other than that, I, I'd like to I'd like to introduce Taika Waititi to a cannon, but <laughs> I, I can do another Ailstorm song if you want about a cannonball. I um, didn't. <laughs> last thing, um, this, I as much as I enjoyed Counter Earth and the sequences on it up until the, the interminable ending, uh, the bit where they're at the dining room table and no one speaks the same language and they're trying to communicate to each other. For about a minute or two, I could deal with that. And then 20 minutes later, when they're still doing it, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how did you get through dailies with this and not think to cut this scene down just a bit? Like, it was it was one of those where I think they thought it was clever, more clever than it really was or funnier than it, than it really was. Yeah. Either way, it's a baby that needed to have been killed. And which I guess leads to my <laughs> final criticism. You, you, you're entitled to heat praise on James Gunn. And, you know, and talk about how great he is. He's probably one of the better working directors out there. Still not perfect and still mm-hmm. gets overindulgent. Still still likes the smell of his own farts and it shows in his movies. And I wish there had been a little more collaboration, a little more braver people around to say, no, James, this is dumb. Cut this. Robert? Uh, yeah, let me start negative. Um, <laughs> be, just be, It's going to be easier because I, I, I have positive things to say about this, but it's going to be easier to start negative. Oh, hang on. Once I forgot one thing, and if I don't say it, I'm going to be mad at myself. Um, as much as I enjoyed No Sleep Till Brooklyn, and I was moshing with my kid in the seat, I like literally just fucking elbowed him. I'm like, yeah, no sleep. You know, we were just, we banging into each other. It was great. Um, that seemed totally mistimed. Like, they're still, like, they're, like, halfway through the song, and they're not even in the goddamn hallway yet. Like, it was, I also don't know if I would have used No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Like, if you wanted to use a Beastie Boys song, there's probably better ones to have used that would have made that a lot of fun. There's only one Beastie Boys song. And they should have used Sabotage. It would have been shorter. It would have been, like, again, that also, that hallway scene goes on for fucking ever. Um, and after a while, even I got bored with it. But, like, yeah, the, the No Sleep Till Brooklyn time cues to where it matches with the action, way off. Like, I, I was, like. Who saw who who in editing thought this looked good and sounded good? It doesn't go together at all, really. Like when they get when they get into the fighting and you and you get the, you get that guitar solo from No Sleep Till Brooklyn. That's oh, that's better. But in the beginning, it's just it just goes on and on and on and on to where you're like, are they going to cut the song before they even get in the hallway? What's happening here? All right, now go, Robert. To be honest, I wasn't even paying attention to the fight. I was just thinking, oh god, this podcast is going to last forever. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. All right, so you mentioned that James Gunn's a little self-indulgent here, and I, I think that's right. This is... This has the same problem that Thor Love and Thunder did, in the sense that you've got a director and you did not give proper oversight. Thor Love and Thunder, for mostly negative, but if there's positives to Taika Waititi's style, I assume they're present. It's Taika Waititi turned up to 11. This is gone at an 11. With all the good and bad that comes with it. I thought the music was not as good in this one. That They overuse it. And there's some choices that I didn't agree with. But that might just be me. I, but I, 
I think the over reliance on the are you user. talking the music doesn't match the tone of the scene or I don't like that song. Both. Okay. One of those is one of those is objective and I think fair criticism and the other one is your opinion. I'm aware. Okay. But I think the over reliance on it was a bigger issue. Um the, the, again, he just he leaned too hard into it and I think it became a problem as the as the movie progressed. This movie does not need to be two and a half hours long. There's, it doesn't. This is not a two and a half hour long story the way they t- structure it. It leads to long sequences of slightly longer shots. It leads to overlong action sequences that they're not bad, but they just drag. And it leads to busy work. Like there's that entire fetch quest with the living corporate Dick building. Girl. Like, no, Mark. Like that, that entire bit, it, it go, it's a good, like what, 15 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. and it accomplishes almost nothing. Yeah. They, they, they get the code that tells them this isn't going to work. Yeah. Anything else. Like the only, the only thing it does like that actually in theory affects the plot is one, it tells them where to go next, which could have been solved with better writing Two, it reintroduces Gamora to the crew, which again could have been solved in any number of other ways. It also and, makes up for Nathan Fillion's cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 being cut, hence why he's in this movie longer. Yeah. I really wish they'd stop putting the whole cast in the opening credits. It ruins the surprise. In some cases, yeah. Fillion would have been a nice surprise. Yeah. Even though Same we all Kevin, knew he was going to come. I didn't, until I saw the opening well, credits. Same with Kevin either. Bacon in the uh, in the Christmas special. Like That would have been so much more fun. It's like, oh wow, it's actually Kevin Bacon. But it's like, oh yeah, there he is. Saw his name in the opening credits. So that whole thing could have been reworked or cut without too much difficulty. And it it just drags the movie a little bit. Keeping Rocket in a coma for as long as they did, I think, was a mistake. I don't mind the flashbacks. I don't mind him being in peril. I don't mind his peril being the driving force for it being the impetus for our heroes. That's all fine. But he needed a bit more agency in this story. Yeah, and I, I agree. He needed to come out of that coma way sooner. And so that's a problem. The most interesting beat in this story is sadly just glossed over. Like the most, I tend to think the most interesting thing they could have touched on is, you know, what do you do when you create in theory, the perfect society and all the same problems that exist in your observable, imperfect society still crop up in, in defense of them glossing over it. They're not bright enough to examine that fully. This is some people who wrote Star Trek TNG. Fair enough. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Like, here's if there's a big thing I wanted out of this movie that I didn't get, I needed a better confrontation between Rocket and the High Evolutionary. Yeah. Like, I, I, I get it as part of the flashback, but that's supposed to that's supposed to substitute for a final confrontation between the two of them. And it, it doesn't work. Like that, that's fine for establishing. Again, I like the flashbacks. I think they work. Mm-hmm. But. I like I desperately wanted them to have an actual conversation. Like not just, you know, he shows up and go and yells insulting things at Rocket and Rocket goes, No, my name is Rocket Raccoon, not this series of numbers, and then shoots him. Even though that was kind of badass. It, it's a fine moment, but you've lost the opportunity to have this uh this very interesting force in the high evolutionary have a conversation with his greatest creation that he doesn't want to admit is his greatest creation. 
Like, I want this piece of you, not all of you. And you know, why you? Why did you figure this out? What's like, there's some, there's something there that could have been discussed right. and would have been interesting and would have been really awesome. In a different, in a different movie that isn't serving the master of general audience appeal, there's a scene where the high evolutionary is sort of um, at his wit's end trying to, f- trying to figure out how they accidentally created this life form that can independently think and create and why can't he recreate it and what is his life's work all about if he you know if he only did it by accident and can't figure out how he did it in the first place yeah like that's interesting that would have been mm-hmm. something and sadly again we don't get it you can still have the same ending where you know with rocket shooting him and setting up the fight with the rest of the guardian which is a fine enough ending for the evolutionary character but you left a lot on the table there that was that that was rich with potential and it's just kind of sad uh i'm not a big fan the stuff with peter and gamora not only am i not really a fan of that i'm not the biggest fan of the characterization they went with for gamora here in general it like her interactions with peter get really tiresome Hmm. and more so like peter's reaction to them like that guy just did he lose his spine somewhere along the line <laughs> like it, it's just it's not great in that respect and i get what they're trying to do and i'm not saying that it i'm not saying there's no authentic emotion between the characters and between the actors because there is but our route to getting to the end point there was just kind of a chore that didn't do anyone any favors um there's a couple of moments where the actual like logic of the story is completely subsumed by the intended emotional payoff, and it annoys me. For example, when Drax reveals he can speak the language of the children, and Gamora, not Gamora, excuse me, Nebula goes, why didn't you just tell us that, you idiot? <laughs> and he goes, well, why didn't you ask? Because they're children, and it's logical to assume that if you could speak to them, you would do that instead of doing your stupid robot dance. But because we want the emotional payoff of Gamora going, I finally saw your value, please stay and be a father, whatever. (laughs) But because we want the emotional payoff, everyone has to behave stupidly, and this is a symptom, again, of like substandard writing. There's better ways to do that. And... It, it gets again it just kind of annoyed me that we wound up in that place where characters behave contrary to what has been established to be their nature in service of the payoff that you want i'm waiting for the pitch meeting where that gets addressed why well, why won't he just, why won't he just tell them because we want the movie to happen so again, that's kind of a gripe i I liked all the acting, you know, no one gives a bad performance here. Some of these actors know these characters very, very well. So they can do this stuff almost in their sleep and to their credit. Yeah, there's, I wasn't the biggest fan of what they had Mantis doing. She just kind of serves to be whiny, emotional person. And her payoff is, I just need to know, I need to find my own inner power. I need to go read the feminine mystique and, whatever (laughs) there's elements of what she does that work but she was a better character in the first guardians in guardians 2 okay her and her and drax i'm gonna i'm gonna do my inner alexis here 
her and Drax in the fucking holiday special is the best thing ever. Okay. Like, their, little bu- their buddy cop moments, and even in this film, anytime it's the Drax and Mantis show, the movie is infinitely better. There- I did love seeing the development of how Mantis fights. I mean, what, what was it when we talked? I remember someone brought this up when we reviewed Endgame, said something to the effect of, well, what the hell was Mantis doing? Right, and then you see it in the holiday special where you're like, oh my god, Spider Monkey. Yeah, and I love just how she's able to manipulate the guys. One of those like, you're a kitty cat. You're here in love with it. She's like, that was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun stuff. Keep going, Robert. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of my problem is there's a lot of fun stuff you could do with Mantis and to have her just, you know, tell Drax no one listens to women, but if a man says it, Peter will listen. <laughs> no, she just says no one listens to me. Yeah, that's the Yeah, reading into that a little bit, in my a opinion. Little. A little. And then, you know, later when she's like, no, Drax is important, even if he's stupid. And Drax goes, wait, you think I'm stupid? And she just, you know, then commits assault. Like, no, just forget that happened. Like, can we just, can we just take a moment and talk about the villainy of that for half a second? Could you imagine in real life, David, you know, I called you autistic before, but here, sniff this rag. You'll, you'll feel a lot better about it. Like, no, the, 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 you can't do that to people. Yeah, that, I'll just sprinkle some amnesia dust on the crowd. They'll yeah, forget all about it. It's yeah, fine. That's a, like, that's a villain move. Like, that, that's <laughs> seriously manipulative. Yeah. It, or, it's not illegal. great. Immoral. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. All of those things. So... That I wasn't a big fan. Like, they actually had a setup there for a good moment with Drax getting a little bit more self-realization about... Well, it would have been a payoff to everything that happened in, I think it's the second movie, where he's, like, calling her ugly and shit the whole time. Yeah, like, again, there's ways you could have done that that aren't just mm-hmm. mag- hand-waved the magic and the last five minutes never happened. I would have, like, actually called... Like, a better way to have done that would have been, you know, you know, like, you think I'm stupid? Yes, and you said I was ugly four films ago. Well, fuck yourself. That's exactly how no, it you, wrote, but we're right look, away. she needs to say, like, you were honest when you said you thought I was ugly. I'm being right. honest when I think you're kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, work on it. <laughs> and, right. like, th- again, there's better ways to handle this than hand-waving it, and these aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> um, again, I, I like, as a general rule, I like Drax's arc. I liked... For as much as I hated the setup for him being just kind of a goofy dad to all those kids, because, again, like, the, the structure around that is my issue. The moment when he just kind of, I make monkey noises and then behaves like a robot. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's just kind of being goofy for the kids, and, you, you you know, it's not just Nebula that goes, I finally see your value. There's a lot of, like, Drax didn't do a whole lot in most of the other movies. Yeah, he's no. He's kind of there. Yeah, he got his ass kicked for the most part. And, you know, again, seeing that side of that character, it is genuinely a little bit heartwarming. I just wish the setup had been better because it's kind of cool. You know, they were talking about crying before. That's one of the moments that I cried. And it's probably because of my own um, affection for dadhood, you know, my own sort of commitment to religious commitment to being a father. So, like, I so there was a lot of projection and reflection in, like, 
I, you know, you were meant to be a dad. And I'm like, oh, me too. We're like, oh. <laughs> As your children are there going, can we go now? <laughs> yeah. It's a special talent. Um, here's, I may be in the minority on this particular opinion, but I'm going to go with this one. The constant fake-out deaths rendered them un unimportant by about the third one. You are not alone. I just said that 20 minutes ago. Because uh, we initially get the bit where Groot is reduced to a head. And you can't, hey, wait, are they doing something with Groot? No, he just grows back. Right. Which, okay. Then we dramatically shoot Drax a dozen times, and he's fine two minutes later. <laughs> he just brushes, less he than walks, packs. He walks it off. Then Rocket gets his I'm going into the light moment. <laughs> no, you're and, not. And the, like, if you didn't bite on the Rocket one, and <laughs> I didn't, because, okay, there's a danger when you lean too hard into there. There's a term for this. It's called um, uh, bathos. If you undercut too often what you're trying to do, people stop caring. You right. start thinking about the story on a meta level rather than being in the story. When you get that close to Rocket dying like that and then take it away, I'm not. I'm not saying you should have killed Rocket. Then his story, because his story is still meant to go on. That's fine. But it's so that's the probably third... why I reacted as harshly as I did to fucking Star Lord. Yeah, I didn't. When he is stuck in outer space, I don't bite. I I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm very aware, like, no, nah, you're not going to do that. I don't know how right. you're going to fix it, but I know you're not going to do it. <laughs> and they don't. So there's just, again, you can only do that. You can do the false finish only so many times before people stop biting. Right. They overplayed their hand in this one because everyone's expecting a, a major character to die. So no one dies, which I don't hate. Here's but... to me. What? <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting I, I... anyone to die. I actually thought for a minute that Quill was going to die on the grounds that I, okay, I had seen the reports that Zoe Saldana said she was done playing Gamora. Yeah. Right. So we knew that her character was done, but I didn't know, she, I doubted she was going to die. And they cut to Peter in the trailer screaming, and you assume he's screaming about her. I assumed he was screaming about Rocket, given the whole story. No, I'm with Alex. I assumed he was screaming about Gamora. And I then another missionary was doing something terrible to him. And then another thing is you see you see Nebula carrying Peter out, which you know it's in the beginning because he's drunk and not because anything had really happened to him. And you're like, God damn it! But look, to to cut the short so we can move this on and finally get to the next part of the review, they absolutely telegraph someone's gonna die in this and it was in the marketing too like when they were talking when they were doing interviews with the actors they were like oh my god bad things are gonna happen in this one they'll never be the same and they all make it out alive and i almost wanted to throw my pants the popcorn and a child at the yeah I, I, I didn't watch that which child were you gonna throw the one next to me <laughs> he's not getting any more spe specific than that in a public forum <laughs> so uh, yeah, again, there was a lot of there was a lot of fault. So again, the false finishes there, it, it gets old in a hurry, and mm -hmm. I it just lost the emotional impact by the end for me. Now, again, individual individual mileage might vary, but that's where I was on it. Oh, I was just thinking, I bet Adam Warlock's going to save him. I didn't know if they were going to. I've do seen it a movie him. before. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> okay, fine. I didn't think it was going to happen. Okay, call me the gullible oh, one. No, no, I don't care. Alexa, I'm on your side for once. Like, yeah, I I, I, I thought he was going to. I honestly I'm sorry, his face was, was fucking blown up. He's covered in frost. Fucking Carrie Fisher passed yeah, that was That was like, pretty extreme. Whole, the whole no, no, thing. Like, that, that's your key that it's not going to happen. Like, when his face bloats like that, mm -hmm. in a movie with balls, yes, you, you end him looking like that. In right. a Marvel movie, that, sorry, sorry, that, that's a bit too reductive. In any general audience movie like this, right, they threw, any they, of them. They threw him a Snuggie. He was fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You done? It's what you need a need for. Exposure <laughs> to the vacuum of space. <laughs> Shut up, Wunsler. Hey, I will sacrifice all the truffula trees if it will if it will heal me from the vacuum of space that quickly. In in, in the interest of uh, keeping this podcast under know, less, less, yeah under three hours, uh, instead of having a lengthy discussion on the effects of being exposed to the vacuum of space, so Loki. <laughs> uh, okay, was there anything else I had? Um, Love you, Dave. Look, ultimately. <laughs> Look, again, I, I don't mind playing the negative Nancy here. Um, ultimately, I think this is a... this I have a good... I came away from this movie with a positive experience. This is a good movie. I, I got my gripes with it. Fair enough. It's also... Again, it's well done. Uh, some of the emotional moments are... They're telegraphed and they're... A, I tend to think they're a tad on the quasi-manipulative side, but they're still effective. And it's not like they're out of left field for no reason. The acting's good. A lot of the action is good. I wish that, again, there's problems, but ultimately, uh, if this is pass-fail, this is an easy pass, as far as that goes. Easy pass. Yeah. No, it's, I would say, in since Phase 4 started, this is the best, not counting No Way well, Home. Well, hang on. This is We're in Phase 5. Since 4 started. <laughs> we don't count. Phase 4 is like the shortcut. We're not going to speak of it again, I'm fairly sure. <laughs> so, Loki. So not counting No Way Home, for me, it's, um, and we don't necessarily have to do this the whole way through, but, you know, it's kind of this Black Panther, Doctor Strange, and then after that, it's a, who the fuck cares? Um, no, sorry, the, sorry, the, I, I, I'm, I'm not being true to myself. It's this Shang-Chi, Black Panther, then who the fuck cares? You, you I did. like Shang-Chi, and I'm standing by it, I'm allowed to have my own opinion. You did, you did. Look, for me, it, for me, it's Oh, and Eternals. Please no, don't. not well, again. He's not here. No, you can't troll him. Um, um, yeah, for me, ahead. it's it would be this uh, multiverse of madness, which I had more fun at than I thought I would. Uh, and then I don't care. Alexis, what I already said that I love that I absolutely love this movie. Yes, it's got some flaws, but I think the positives greatly outweigh the negatives. Bring it against the other Marvel movies, like. I I think you've liked the vast majority of them, but where does this rank for you since Phase 4 started? It was, was the question. No Way Home, I think, is still the best. Sorry, Robert. I would say That's this fair. ranks up. This is... Okay. Not counting No Way Home. No one listens to the rules. Okay, fine. Then, yes, this is the best. Easily. Okay. What Do, do you got any others that are close to it? Just out of curiosity. <sighs> Shang-Chi and Multiverse of Madness, I think, go up there a little bit. But again, the thing is that a lot of the, most of the those movies and yeah, Shang-Chi and Multiverse of Madness had the same problem is that the negatives either outweigh the positives or the negatives are just too strong against the positives. Like, yes, there's more positives than negatives, but the negatives are really freaking bad. All right. 
David Riddles finale of Shang Chi. <laughs> David Riddles is ranked for you, and then we're going to the money. Uh, it's pretty close to the top. Like I, I'm not. I, I guess I would probably say it's yeah, probably the best one overall. Like mm-hmm. just from a film craft perspective. Since what's, what's close to it for you? Uh, I would probably put the Eternals at second. I really enjoyed that one. Like it. Like, like yes, it didn't have enough time to really on, delve into its issues, but hang on. David gets to be the star now. Okay, <laughs> you are the only person. I, I, I was waiting for the. I was waiting for the soundboard. I, I know. I'm on the spot. Okay, uh, but no, like I, I thought that it was an interesting idea. It was decently executed. It, it had its flaws. I, I'm not going to do a re-review of the Eternals, but my, no, my I don't, only, I don't my want only, my only real big gripe about it was I wish it had more time to sort of delve into a lot of the mm-hmm. things that it touched on because okay. there's so a lot like, of really interesting so you like stuff. Guardians, there. you like Eternals, anything else? It felt, that was... it felt fresh to me. I think mm-hmm. more than anything else. Um, I, again, Multiverse of Madness, I had a good time with. I mean, again, we talked about that one. Uh, yeah, Black, yeah, Wakanda Forever. I thought it's. I, I get cutting it a bit of slack because you know their star died two months before filming, and it was a mad. Right dash to put it back together i don't think they did it as best as they could have but still I, for for kind of like a last minute rush job based off of maybe not the best of decisions if i, it, I, if I, I remember correctly you liked shang chi a lot too didn't you uh i like shang chi overall i mean i'm i'm you know i'm a sucker for kung fu movies uh but uh again like my, my only real complaint with shang chi was again like i don't think they really needed a kaiju fight at the end but uh, again like we're not gonna again yeah i'm not really listen to our review of that dear listener if you haven't heard this before and i would i mean love love and thunder is bottom of the barrel for all marvel movies yeah Mm -hmm. i I haven't seen the inhumans that's about the only the only chance (laughs) love and thunder has for potentially not being the worst of the Marvel movies, like that is the one where I'm the closest to saying like that was that was bad, like that was the bad Marvel. It was bad. Movie. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right, folks. With that said, here comes the money. We're in the money. We're in the money. All right, in the year of our Lord 2023, on a budget of 250 million dollars. This thing Ooh. has already made. No, just for, for the record. Ugh. That when you factor in marketing, this thing it probably needs to be around a billion to be profitable. It's get it might get there. Two hundred eighty-nine. I, I don't want to commit too much to it. Fucking Dungeons and Dragons, but two hundred eighty-nine point <laughs> three million uh, as of Monday. We're doing this on a Monday because I'm doing trivia at the Clothing Optional Resort tomorrow. Anyway, um, box office. Sorry, right, we all it a little. <laughs> You're welcome. As of May 7th, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has grossed 118.4 million in the US and Canada and 179 70.9 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 29.3 million. In the US and Canada, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was projected to gross around 110 million from 4,400 theaters in its opening weekend. The film made 48.2 million on its first day, including 17.5 million from Thursday night previews. It went on to debut 114 million, topping the box office. Outside the US and Canada, the film grossed 168.1 million opening weekend. And uh, the highest grossing territories were China with 28.1, UK 14.7, Korea 13.6. Like how they say Korea, not South Korea, because the other one don't count. Um, Mexico with 13 million. We all know. <laughs> and France, the country that fucked us on Megan at 8.2 million. All right. 
surprised the Chinese allowed it because of the whole near-death experience scene. Well, yeah. or maybe that got cut. It. I mean, you could have cut that by the same token. Near death is not the same as like definitive. Like you can pass that off as his hallucination rather than a definitive stance on the afterlife. So, all right, Guardians of the Galaxy. No surprise here was the number one movie of the weekend, which we said it was way back yeah. when we talked about Mario I'm... sweeping the deck for for a month straight. So, hang on. Before we move on for the rest of the question for all of you. Yes. What's the percent drop next week? Because oh, I'm gonna go with seventy again. Ooh. Mark, yeah. Mark Gaiman, hi. Yeah, I don't have any faith in the movie. Let's put it this way. There was a conversation that was had um, with uh, my children, the <gasps> other child that lives here, and her mother, uh, and my and my wife. But my, my just might as well have not have been a part of this conversation. So it was just us. And uh, we were discussing the Five Nights at Freddy's movies. And because they know it's coming, they, they, they the trailer dropped for it but no one pays attention to anything else. They think it's coming out like tomorrow. And I'm like, no, it's not coming out until October 27th, you lunatics. And then there was also like, oh, we, you know, we have to go to the theater to see it. And I'm like, slow the fuck down. It's day and date on Peacock. They're like, oh, okay. As soon as I said it was day and date on Peacock, um, the entire table, women, children, everybody, will just watch it at home. 70% drop. I I I think we're just in this place of anyone that's going to go see the movie scene at opening weekend, and then nobody sees it the second weekend. I I just don't have any faith. I don't have any faith in the market right now. There were okay. Too many times I have seen perfectly good movies, perfectly well received movies, and zero interest after the first week because everyone is willing to wait until it comes home in twenty minutes. And oh by the way, in just the last what week or two alone, everything went PVOD. I, I don't even think a we're lot. waiting 45 days anymore. A lot did. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more bullish than you. Um, I'm still going to say 60s. I don't think it quite gets to near 70s. Okay. I mean, like, I'll give you... I'll go 60 to 70, somewhere in that okay. in that range. Yeah, that's not unfair. I mean, used to be you used to be like 55 was industry standard and then you know mm -hmm. we are where we are now right but again people just don't have people they don't have the appetite for the in-theater experience and it hurts my soul to say it but if i have to hear one more broad talk about ah, i'd rather just watch movies at home i don't want to leave the house it's comfy here i can be in my underpants okay you guys aren't gonna be happy until we're just flat out of fucking culture in this country but whatever they're waiting for Wally to become reality. <laughs> yeah, no you shit. ain't kidding, man. No, you yeah. are not. That is the most really honest not. thing said yeah. in the history yeah. of this. Seriously, that was not a joke. <laughs> yeah. No, I. You know what? You fucking get applause on that one. Hang on. All right. Everyone's just gonna be wearing their onesies in those mobility scooters with like an <laughs> iPad strapped to the front bars, not looking Dave, where they're going. David's the fucking designated hitter tonight, man. He's just cracking them over the fence. He really is. Alexis, you want to guess a number? I've never been good at guessing uh, the drops, honestly. I don't think it's going to be as high as Mark's predicting, though. Okay, so I'm so, going to err on the side with Robert. So, well, I said I, I adjusted to 60 to 70. Are you agreeing or are you saying more than 70, less than um, less than 60? I would say 60 or less. Six, okay. Okay. So you're going 50 to 60. Yeah, I guess that's probably... Okay, yeah. Dave, 50 to 60 or 60 to 70? Uh, 
I'll be optimistic, fifty to sixty. I'm just per guessing here. Yeah, I think you're Again, all wrong. We're, we're, yeah. we're all just we're all just guessing on it. We're just like trying to read some tea leaves here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do that for every movie, but for some of the big ones, I think it's important to kind of look at because if you, you get... would, if if the, if this had come out when Ant Man and the Wasp came out, I would be more bullish. But I've learned mm-hmm. my lesson since then, and I've been burned. I, I now have cigarette burns all over me from you fucking people. I'm done. I mean, well, I, to be I, fair, I'm, if, I'm going 60 to 70 on anything now. <laughs> if this had come out before Ant-Man and the Wasp, it probably doesn't have a near 70% drop. <laughs> All right. But, you know, <coughs> we where we are. So Mario finally got knocked out of the number one spot in its fifth week. It dropped the number two, but it did make over a billion more on that in a moment. <coughs> Please don't die, Mark. Evil Dead Rise dropped from two to three. That made over $100 million. It's the Ooh. most profitable movie in that franchise. So good for them. And it's apparently... seriously good for them. Because we can't just have a nice thing and leave it the fuck alone. They're going to make a million more of these movies and television shows and Spaceballs the Flamethrower and just well, shoot me dead. Well, okay, hang on. No. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> leave it alone. It's nice this as has, it was. This has, The Evil Dead has always been a franchise play. Always. Yeah. Have you heard though? They're like, oh, hang this on. One made, this one made money. More sequels, more prequels, more everything. Ugh. There's, pl- okay, hang on. I'm not saying that I'm the most optimistic about this, mm-hmm. but in fairness, one, there's a good appetite for it. Not the biggest, mm-hmm. but you you, you got to manage that. Two, there's a boatload of space in the Evil Dead franchise to play with. I'm not and arguing. You- I'm not really arguing that with you. It's more of like. I'm just so fucking gun shy now about anything. It's like like something made money. Fuck it, leave it alone now. <laughs> don't ruin it. I don't. I, look, I, I, and it's it's more of a lack of faith in the talent of Hollywood than it is anything else. Okay, that's fair. And again, I I, I share your pain in a lot of respects there. <laughs> but complaining about the fourth entry, fifth entry into a franchise spawning more of the same franchise seems like that seems. That's the how kind of we, argument I would make when I'm in a bad mood. That's the it's it's how we got to the ruination of DC. We're way too quick to make decisions. We're not putting any thought into what we're making, and we're losing money hand over fist. That's all I'm saying. Um, these also don't cost two hundred million dollars a pop. Wait till the next one fucking does. Uh, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Dropped from three to four. Hey, that was a Lionsgate movie, formerly a studio. Love again uh, debuted at number five. John Wick. Uh, drop from five to six. Dungeon Dragon. John Wick. John Wick did not spawn another sequel into the franchise. Aren't you happy? Shut up. Um, <laughs> John Wick Four, by the way. Um, Evil S- Dead Five. Don't make me repeat it. S- Air drop from seven to eight. The Covenant staying at number nine. You know what? Uh, That's unfortunate about that, but mm-hmm. it actually held. I mean, again, you had a sixty percent drop, sixty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sisu staying at number 10, apparently getting rave reviews. Um, currently on the list to be a double feature with Barbie when Ronnie and I review it later in the year. That's gonna be fun. Barbie I'm, and Sisu. I'm so angry about that, by the way. Why? Because Sisu looks awesome. Oh, you got you, you didn't want to do Barbie. Go fuck yourself. How about that? No, I, dude, I said. I said no to Barbie in 2016 when it was supposed to come out the first time. Well, see, you never know what mad scientist shit I'm whipping up, and now you're losing out. Good for you. Um, such a Ooh, big George Foreman, 71% drop. Uh, yeah, from it's stating at number 11 somehow. 
Um, Ant Man and the Wasp back in theaters again. Uh, it's... jumped into like fucking what? The... Yeah, again, like <laughs> I don't know what some place finally like, did it finally get cut down for China? Like something like that happened. Yeah, it went into 145 theaters and went up like six thousand percent. So that and jumped from tw- thirty-five to twelve. There's still, <laughs> it's still not going to be profitable. No, um, <laughs> still losing money on that. Yeah, fucking joining the Morbius Club. Um, the Pope's Exorcist dropped from twelve to thirteen. Hey, Mark, you know they're, you know they're making uh, sequels to the Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, are they? Yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, it kept a reasonable budget. It overperformed, and people were like, you know what? There's more books that this priest wrote about this kind of stuff. We can still monkey with this. Why not? Nefarious jumped from seven to fourteen, seventeen to fourteen. Bo is afraid, thirteen to fifteen. Polite Society, fifteen to sixteen. Suzume, eighteen to seventeen. Renfield, <laughs> uh, fourteen to eighteen. Um, Chevrolet, sixteen to nineteen. You somewhere just in- call it. You, you should just be calling it Cavalier. <laughs> I, I could do that too. Next time, give me the next week. Uh, somewhere in Queens, nineteen to twenty, and finally um, showing up, twenty-four to twenty-one. All right, uh, worldwide, number one movie in the world is currently Super Mario, and with a deep break in between, between a billion oh, and yeah. 75, is Ant-Man and the Wasp, John Wick, Guardians of the Galaxy, debuting in the top 10 at number four with 289 million, above Creed, make- D&D, Sh- uh, Scream, Shazam, Bethan, and Evil Dead Rise. You know which, what, good uh, for Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, it took the, took the 10th spot away from Cocaine Bear, which hurts my soul a little bit. And no one cares. <laughs> um, Air uh, is at, is eighty four million. Titanic is at fourteen with seventy million. Here are the current movies that couldn't do better than a twenty five year old Titanic: The Pope's Exorcist, Tragic Mike's Last Dance, Detective Conan sixty five. Can we stop for a second and discuss okay. the uh, casting? It's, it looks like it was confirmed that Adam Driver is going to be Mister Fantastic. If you uh, want to sync your movie, that's a good choice. Why would they cast him as Mr. Fantastic when he would be a phenomenal Von Doom? Yeah, I bought that faster than I would have bought Reed Richards. You know, it it's one of those where I, it, Adam Driver's a fine Just, actor. You know but- what? You Okay, let's come here. You know what? Let, let's guarantee the Fantastic Four movie sinks. I can do this in three casting choices. <laughs> Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie Driver. as Sue Storm. Adam Driver yeah. as Reed Richards. And let's throw Jake Gyllenhaal as Victor Von Doom. <laughs> Those are your three people that people think should be leading movies. That uh, no Jake Hall already played Mysterio, and Marvel has no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> um. So here's the thing. It, well, he he's 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 spoken fun at you there, but there there's something to be said for sometimes you're in a movie that does well despite the fact that you're in it, and then there's you're in a movie. And you can't get it to do well because you're not box office. Margot Robbie, Adam Driver, um, fucking Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. You know, Fantas- dude, all of them talented actors. Every single one of them. Yeah, not no, absolutely. Here's the thing, Adam Driver. I'm gonna go back to the. For, 60- oh no, and, and let's let's finish it off with me. Let's go through with Mila Kunis as the thing. That not was a- not proven. She openly said that's not happening. I hope it does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just let it burn. Just because I want this fucking movie to fail. Um, look, let me say this because people are just like, but Adam Driver was in the Star Wars movies. The Star Wars name made a billion dollars. Adam Driver didn't drive people into the into the you know the seats. I mean, people may have enjoyed him in the Kylo Ren roles. So certainly, eh. you know, they liked him with a shirt off. Arr, you know, him and eh. Daisy Ridley had some fun chemistry. I'm not denying any of those eh. things. But stop. 
But but let's and face he, it, if it's dude, not he Star- killed Star Wars, let's be fair. If to it's that, no, dude. that would be Kathleen Kennedy. Put the blame where it belongs. Um, sure, thank but you. He was but the, he was the forward. Him no and one Ridley, went man, to those faces. movies for Adam Driver. And if they had, they would have then gone to see 65. No one saw 65. That's why I'm bringing that up. So, yeah. like, I just, the, the conversation that was had in our group chat, which I'm now going to put out for public consumption, was the following. You're, you're struggling. You're, you're a franchise in decline, Marvel is. And I don't want to continue to beat that horse. Just if, that if, is you don't, if you don't believe me, listen to 87 of our last podcasts where we talk about Marvel or not. Okay. We have been discussing, we have been documenting every single week the decline of Marvel. So at this record, point, none of us are celebrating it. None of us are take, making an emotional stance here for the sake of this argument. All we're talking about is what has been is the empirical evidence about the MCU right. being in decline. Flat. So you so here's the thing at this point, And this is the kind of the Chris Bailey argument of, hey, when everything is failing and the world's on fire and, you know, and, and you've got to you've got to make some changes. This is where you go to the tried and true. Now, I understand we're also the same podcast that says there's nobody left in Hollywood that's box office. Okay, they've but tried, still. <laughs> they've tried to kill the movie star. Hollywood has tried to kill the movie star for a long but time. But still, they should have taken a big swing and gotten somebody that could at least, there's a chance of drawing based on their name in combination so you, with the so property. So you wanted them to and, try and hire Tom Cruise. Kind of. Um, <laughs> like a Tom Cruise type, a Dwayne Johnson type. Somebody that's got high enough name recognition and has proven and has some degree of proven box office success for the role of Reed Richards and surround him with, you know, with a couple of more to to boost this up, because essentially you're you can't keep the Marvel formula of lesser known actors and first time directors isn't really working anymore. It used to work just fine. It's not working anymore. People are wise to it. and It sucks. So like. I can't believe I'm the guy saying this, but hmm. hey, why can't we get some big guns in there? Let's 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 do. St- this is where you, David and I had this conversation. It's probably the best way I can say this. We talked about, and Dave brought it up before, Picard season three, where like the first two seasons of Picard were absolutely not what anyone wanted, and the fucking writing staff just gave up. And they were like, just give them what they want, give the babies all the candy, and what do you know? Universally praised Picard season three. Marvel has to start thinking like that now. Like we have done fucked up year after year after year. We need now, we now need to just placate fans for the next little bit. Give all the babies what they want. Adam driver as Mr. Fantastic is not what the babies want. Well, what the babies want is never going to happen. And that was, you know, let's John Krasinski. Yep. yep. That's what they should have done. I maintain that bit with him as Reed Richards in Multiverse of Madness was. We talked about this when we reviewed that movie. That's an angry movie, man. That's an yeah. angry. That was a movie. middle finger up the ass of the fans. And I'll tell you, we're, we're a couple of movies since then in many months. They absolutely should have looked at that, looked at what happened thereafter, and went, you know what? Tell Emily Blunt we're buying her an island. Preferably <laughs> any island she wants. She's going to be Sue Storm. What, give that woman anything she needs to be that character. Get her John and her Kr- husband. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Get John Krasinski in there. Bring back fucking Michael Jiklis as the thing. Like, let's get this. Let's make this happen. And instead, they're just like, nope, we're going to double down on dumb. Fine. <sighs> you Marvel. Know, we... watch, I'm going to watch Marvel dig its own grave and laugh myself, laugh the entire time. There's I've thought about this for a little bit because I've been mm-hmm. trying to figure out exactly what's going on with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. because it's so 
it's so counterintuitive. Like you shouldn't be burning this much money. Right. You really shouldn't. Like what what's going on here? And I think what we have is an unfortunate confluence of a couple of things. One, you have people at the top level who don't understand how tenuous their brand power is. Right. That hurts. Two, you have this this weird conglomeration of two points. One of which is the old notion that any publicity is good publicity, which is not true anymore. It was true for a long time. Not true anymore. Publicity these days is dirt cheap. You got a Twitter. So do I. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's cheap. Those are two different things. It's cheap. Bad publicity is just bad publicity at this point, especially with your brand damaged, which it is. And you have, and I don't know where this comes from, but I'm fairly convinced that there's people in place, and this is not just Marvel, this is a lot of places, that have their the notion of the ideal fan. Like, who are we appealing to here? Right. And nobody wants the audience that they have. <laughs> no, that's for certain. And it's resulted in this really weird bit where we're going to piss off the fans because we don't want those fans. We want X fans. We want the good fans, the ideal fans. And we don't care about the bad publicity because it's publicity, right? It's good. Yeah. And you've got this unholy conglomeration of facets that have turned into this, again, this is kind of this monstrosity that's real. That is, it ain't going anywhere good. I, I, that all got triggered because I saw 65 is at 18 or $56 million. <laughs> You real quick. You couldn't be- even reach your name. You couldn't even get to 65. Okay. On a $45 million budget, it made $56.2 million. Yeah, this is a fucking bomb, dude. Absolutely a fucking bomb. I stop with the Adam Driver. He's not a fucking movie star. It, it, it's fine when you're hitting on all cylinders and it doesn't care, it doesn't matter who you put in your, th- in your movie. It's not fine when you really need some heavy hitters. You need big name guys and he ain't one of them. And I, I it's, it's kind of like, that's why I pulled it for TikTok a little ways back because the other one was Margot Robbie as Sue Storm as if like, and that, that is just the just dumbest, lamest casting. Cause that's another one where, what do we know about this character? She's blonde. Who's blonde in Hollywood? Margot Robbie. I really, this is the level of thought we're putting into this. And she's not, and as we showed through empirical evidence, not box office at all. Um, moving on, needed to have that rant. Uh, Knock the Cabin is number 20. Right, so that's where we are worldwide. Guardians of the Galaxy has a wide berth. It's going to get another week. Of, it's going to get a free pass. Nothing is coming out on the 12th worth talking about. Absolutely yep. nothing. The next movie of any note is. Uh, the last the last series of Fast and the Furious movies. This is part one. It's Fast X, but it's Fast X part one. Um, so that comes out on the 19th. We, we got the trailer for that when I saw it. And I just, like, every time someone said something, I thought like they just should add the word again to the end of that sentence. You're yeah. not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then the and little no, one. dead, but I'm coming back for you, Toretto. Again. Right. So I'm going to take I, out your family. 
again. It's like yeah. that scene from the fake trailer in uh, Tropic Thunder for the Ben Stiller thing. It's like a, no one could have predicted that it would happen five more times. So Guardians doesn't have an easy road ahead of it because it's it's got it's got two weeks to make all the money it's going to make, and then it has to go up against the Fast X movies, which it's just still a viable franchise Sub, because someone need to fucking know. deal with the devil. I don't know. Like I don't know what Vin Diesel sold to make this franchise. <laughs> it's fucking successful as it's been. Um, it but yeah, all logic. Yeah, it's it's and this one is like it's like this one's the Avengers of Fast and Furious movies. Everyone's in. This hey, Jason movie. Momoa will be playing the son of that guy Reyes from Fast yeah. Five. Never mind that it's not that's not actually how you would pronounce that because we don't care. We can be xenophobic and judgmental about South American culture. Anyway, The Little Mermaid comes out the 26th. Oh, that I, one bothered me. And uh, clearly, and I, we talked about this on Peter Pan and Wendy. That movie is going to bomb so badly. And hopefully, Dude, Will, fucking, if there's a god. And totally, it's going to take Disney with it. Have you. Okay, I, I have to say this because the following complaint is not just about The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they released that clip from Kiss the Girl, right? It's yeah. on the internet. Yeah. Why, oh, why is everything these days drenched in shadow everything (laughs) you're not wrong like Mm -hmm. i mean my complaint is like this is a credit of the universe i understand the mechanics Mm -hmm. but like there there's maybe three directors in the in the game right now who understand how to make that visual style work maybe three right so yeah none of them are at disney yeah the little mermaid on the 22nd on my birthday you have enter the spider-verse 2 um, the ninth is Transformers. Uh, the sixteenth uh, is. I'm... Um, so I was ranting about this at the table today with my right. kids, and no one quite understood why I was so angry. They moved the Flash back a week from <laughs> the twenty. The, the counter program against Elemental, and I don't know why. He traveled back in time, Mark. Ugh, fuck off. Um, listen. So now, so now, like we're gonna do Elemental first, just because that's where it was on the schedule, and it doesn't really matter which one we do first. So we're gonna do Elemental first, and then the wait will do Flash the following week. But they come out at the same fucking time, um, and then there's a free week on the twenty third, and then we have Indian, just fucking stupid Indiana Jones. Um, oh, and the pile of burning money. <laughs> yeah. Um, after that, we get a free week, um, but we're gonna review Flame and Hot. After that is the new Mission Impossible. After that, we have the main event, the ma- <laughs> the main event of this WrestleMania season, Barbie versus Oppenheimer, which I'm really excited about. Okay, uh, y- you want to know the sad thing? Yeah. I'm half tempted to say Mission Impossible repeats that week. <laughs> Maybe. Um, then we have Haunted Mansion, which looks pretty good. Uh, then the Meg. Then, the, then we have another... Woo-hoo! I am I am down. I am down for the Meg Part Two. Bring on the schlocky fun. Um, we have the last <laughs> voyage of the Demeter versus Gran Turismo, and we have Blue Beetle, which is going to bomb so hard. My, it's just fucking going to take parts of Water Brothers with it. I feel bad for that one because it doesn't like the trailer doesn't look awful, right? But it's it, it's been sent out there to die. <laughs> yeah. And then the last Pretty movie much. of the, the last movie of the summer before we're into September so, before we're into September. Oh, good. You listen. haven't let that joke die. It's Mark not a joke. It's the official name of the month now. All right, um, Robert, and we can't spend too long on this because we're 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 at the two hour mark. Yeah, but yeah. fifty words or less, the writers' strike. Go. Yeah, that's kind of the big thing. Um, so the Writers Guild of America voted almost unanimously to strike. Um, 
I remember when this happened in 2006, 2007. And nothing good came of this, if we're talking quality-wise for entertainment. The writers got most of what they wanted and good for them. That's what strikes are supposed to do. But if you want to know an indicator of how badly that went for, again, for the media involved, um, Breaking Bad was supposed to have twice as many episodes in its first season and Jesse Pinkman was supposed to die. X-Men Origins Wolverine came out from this, as did Quantum of Solace, as did, oh, what was the other one? Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge of the Fallen. There's a fourth that uh, is the one that I never remember. But you can look up the number of shows that were severely impacted by this. Um, Lost went off a cliff when this happened. Uh, There's the the story of what happened to Heroes. That's practically legendary. Dude, if you take someone, if you don't tell anyone what happened, and you just let them watch Heroes, they will still go, what happened here? Because it's that noticeable. So that's what we're... We're probably looking at something like that. We've already had a couple of casualties. Blade has exited pre-production. Stranger Things final season has exited pre-production because again we can't write um there's a lot of this is going to have a pretty serious backlog effect i mean look i don't care that late night talk shows are going to go away they all suck but you're going to get a serious knock on from this and it's even if you've looked up their list of demands it actually does indicate a couple of things that are interesting one they want better pay which is fine obviously They, they deserve it I would assume. I mean, look, I've no one's lamented the death of writing in Hollywood more than me. So I'm I'm not sad that I'm not I'm sure there's some people on that picket line who are meritocratically terrible, but there are good writers out there too, and they deserve to get paid, you know, just like anybody else. They want to deal with they want a better deal as it pertains to residuals related to streaming platforms. Fair enough. This is an emergent issue that we need to handle. Fair is what yeah. unions exist for. I remember when the, when CM Punk was like, hey, are we getting paid for anything on the network? And the WWE shot him and put him in the trunk. I wish they had. <laughs> um, but here's the big one. They want a resolution from all major studios that AI writing will not be used. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my response to that. <laughs> Yes, yes. Ask ask the ask the iron workers and the car builders how how that went when they asked for uh, for no robots in the factories. Let me just let me say this because I try not to indulge in Schadenfreude these days. I really don't. <laughs> it's it's not a good look. It's not healthy for your soul. But there's a lot of people who were very convinced that automation could not touch them, and so they told everyone that it could touch. Shut up and adapt. Now that it's hitting them, they're like, no, we demand protections. Can I mm-hmm. say that I'm all for AI writing scripts if the movies get better? And I'm considering... with you there. <laughs> like, if, yeah, if, if, this if is some... going to be like the, the level of sex in Springfield when the nerds took over and instituted <laughs> on par as the norm. You know, for, 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 some of, for some of you writers, it's, things are going to get far, far worse. But for many of the scripts out there, things are going to get a lot, lot better. Um, it's, as... Here's the thing. Like if a few years from now we're look we're like reviewing these Marvel movies like hey have you noticed how good the Marvel movies are like we haven't had a bad thing to say about these the fucking robots took over is what happened 
Oh, well, more um, robots then. Can we get more of these? For the record, it, it, should, it should be noted that, okay, the whole AI thing, you know, I've seen what the AI is producing. AI is no, maybe, okay, I don't want to give a timeline because Lord knows when I do that, I'm wrong and it's probably going to go a hell of a lot faster. But I do think we are a ways away from having AI finished scripts that are competent. Here, here's, here's where I'm going to, I'm going to, no, no, let, I, I let need me, to massage, shut up right. for a second. I need to massage what she said. They're going to, it's going to be just fine for like mid-level streaming comedy. It'll be like, it, it, like for the sort of like generic, you know, $10 million script that they need to shoot to shove on a Netflix somewhere. They're going to use plenty of fucking AI for that. And AI is going to be plenty good enough for it. There'll always be space for somebody who's truly talented to write nice art and and have a well-made movie get produced but for the kind of um for the kind of like factory made movies that fill up a lot of streaming and some in some theatrical exhibition you mean we can talk about the disney factory line because that's what well, they've got i mean you know like we were talking about with plane like you know um like lionsgate just sort of like pumping out mid-level um encapsulated action movies yeah i look a little ways back when we were talking about like the bruce willis thing where he's in like a hundred million fucking foreign films that are, you know that are like small budget action movies yeah you don't think they're going to use ai for those they'll be fine for it it'll be absolutely fine as someone who has played around with chat gpt mm-hmm. um let me just say this some of what they're saying about their specific demands about it are the writers they're leaning a little too far away from it for my taste. At the moment, it's large at the moment its best use is as a force multiplier for your creativity. It's a great sounding board. It will bounce ideas around with you. It won't create something wholesale necessarily that's any good. But as a tool to help you refine and to help you generate, it's a nice tool. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't for, it's actually great for coding. My brother uses it for that. I wouldn't mind seeing like an AI generate a script and then like humans like okay, now that we have we we have this unwieldy garbage, we at least have a starting point. Let now let's fix it. Let's put yeah, the human you, touch on it. Initially it will be human and AI sort of collaborating yeah. together. Yeah. I, I do think that we will get uh, to the point where AI is able to do like creating wholesale scripts. Yep. But I think uh, this is my big brain moment of this. I'll try and keep it quick. Uh the good point of this, I think, is eventually AI is going to get to the point where it can do things other than scripting. Like yeah. you, you will be able to generate entire movies through AI. So I think a lot good. of the creative industries are going to be replaced by what I will dub prompters, whereas you just you sit at your computer and you're basically the director and you just have like an AI screenwriter, an AI cinematographer. As somebody who's watched Hollywood, the people in Hollywood get way too big for their britches and speak on things they shouldn't and have a highly high inflated sense of self. Fuck these people. I hope they get replaced by robots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm, I'm getting there. You... And... Oh, wait, hey, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, 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 can I, can I, I'll just try and finish my whole thing. It's, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, a couple of minutes here. Yeah. So, so yeah, you'll basically have people, I mean, it, it's, it's still going to take them a bit of time to make this and render this, but there'll be like mm -hmm. server farms that you can maybe pay a monthly fee to but yeah it will allow pretty much anyone to come up with any idea and make it now a whole ton of crap is going to be made out of this because of sturgeon's <laughs> law of course and we are going to and it's going to be a nightmare for copyright because get because because get because get into get ready for the last jedi redux luke spends three hours murdering ray with a lightsaber part 37 <laughs> 
As every single butthurt, yeah, it makes it's the first movie ever to make yeah. three billion dollars. Seriously, like every single butthurt <laughs> fanboy is going to be making exactly their continuity of what should have happened for all of these franchises, and the lawyers are just going to be shooting themselves because they have no idea how they're going to put a lid on any of this stuff. But I do think that out of this, we are going to get some like really creative stuff. We're going to get uh, to sound all progressive, you know, voices that have not been able to be heard and tell certain stories like at, at big levels. Like, I'm it's gonna all I am all for minority. I am all for minority voices making the gay cowboys eat and pudding movies. Bring it on! But I am absolutely all there for the neckbeard revolution. But but yeah, like like but yeah, you're you're uh, you're sort of specialists are probably going to go by the wayside. Maybe they'll kind of you might get like. A specialist to sort of help work with the AI to fine tune things for you, but that's that's probably where it's going to be. And I mean, I don't. It's not going to be tomorrow, but I you think know, in a few years. For the first time in a long time, I have hope. Mm -hmm. Here's why: because Dave just gave me hope. Dave, you are, you are like, you are like. You Jesus heard it here from, first, people. You are like Jesus <laughs> sent to me from God Himself. Okay, and I'll I don't tell know you why. Hang on. The, the reason why I'm saying that. Because my daughter keeps talking about like I want to be like a voice actress and she ain't gonna be no voice actress. But um, <laughs> has, but... has she looked into how much money voice actors make? Uh, let me say that again. Has she looked into how little money voice actors make? <laughs> so, but you're sitting here talking about like people who you know have also AI and voice cloning. Voice actors are gonna get so yeah yeah. She's she ain't gonna be no voice actress. That that's yeah. gonna be a talent that's going that, that job's going side. away. But you're just talking about prompters. My kids have grown up in a film house with a film yeah. father who has spent the better part of their lives criticizing film and teaching the art of film criticism and writing and deconstruction. She's going to be one of those prompters. Yeah, I'm, I have I have hope that my daughter, such as she is, has got a career. He's got a successful career ahead of her in prompting a high film. Yes, you heard it here at 8.08 p.m. on the... 8th of May, 2023, the year of our Lord, that I have coined the term prompters. That's right. So, fear, fear not, world. My, uh, my my residuals are very reasonable. His work here is done. All right, yes. wrap this up, Robert. Um, just on that same note, have you seen that apparently there's somebody out there using a combination of AI writing and AI art to yep. generate trailers for movies? Mm-hmm. The Star Wars movie, like like one of the prompts was apparently like Wes Anderson's Star Wars movie. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, that's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it utter. The point that was kind of raised was like, okay, Anderson has a very very specific visual style, and this apes it, but it it doesn't have the same creative spark that Anderson does, and that I think that's fair. At the same time. <laughs> you we're not that far away from it um when even someone that distinctive can have their style aped that accurately like that, that oh yeah you can totally fun. say like shoot, do this in the style of spielberg or whatever yep. mm -hmm. like yeah or tim burton or christopher <laughs> nolan an insert director i was gonna yeah. say we, they, they've been batting around the quentin tarantino star trek and now like i can fucking sit up my computer like quentin tarantino i would be impressed star if you can get an ai that'll do tarantino like he I might mean, be the one where i'm like oh that might take a few extra years you, of, uh, of modeling it would, of it would take a ton of refining because no it'd be, what would make me laugh is like make make quentin tarantino star trek and it's like the n-word every other word great um, <laughs> samuel l jackson is the emperor <laughs> samuel l jackson is kirk it's star trek all right with that oh, said right, right right here it is folks the much ballyhooed critical review are you ready
I mean, what can one say? Um, the audience loved it. The critics mostly loved it. It's a, you know, it's a content hit. Let's see if it makes any money. Um, and as far as the uh, the chat GPT review here on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> a galactic group hug that might squeeze a little too tight on the heartstring. Oh, my God. The final Guardians of the Galaxy is a loving last hurrah for the MCU's most ragtag family. Boy, the, I never had yet. I had not yet encountered truly purple prose in that synopsis there on Rotten Tomatoes. But here we are. You know, uh, you you pictured me doing um, clothing optional trivia and got a little sick, and I don't blame you. But because that sort of thing doesn't bother me, I got a little sick reading that fucking synopsis there. <laughs> you, uh, you, yeah. Ugh. Um. Distasteful. All right. Um. I don't know. Should I just read like a bunch of different ones, like not necessarily yeah. only? Yeah, I, I think I think we don't need to go too in deep on here. I mean, it's okay. It's a good not, movie. Well, no, I I normally read the opposite of what you know. So it's like yeah. if it's high praise, I read all the rotten ones to see like where yeah. do these people go wrong. But like I don't know. I feel like I should read like a like a, a mixed bag. What do you think, Alexis? Mixed bag. Oh, I was hoping we could make fun of the negative ones, but sure, I think I'm outvoted on this. No, I will. I I will attend to you, pretty girl. Tom Schoen of Sunday Times UK, rotten. With two villains instead of one, an endless succession of rescues and more endings than Lord of the Rings. Hold mm. the fuck on! No, 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 no. Lord of the Rings. Wait, Look, I don't I, get two villains. Is he talking about the Sovereign as the second villain? I think Adam Warlock and the High yeah. Evolutionary. Um, but yeah, this has a this has like a, a epilogue. That's well, different than multiple say, endings. I was gonna say, look, I was the first one to say like that that third act is interminable, but it's an it's an interminable third act, not multiple endings, you ass. Yeah. Um, volume three is the same bloated two and a half hour Leviathan as every other Marvel movie these days. Okay. Oh, Tom Tom Show needs to find a new job. Hang on. Yeah. yeah. That not long, but a bit too nasty. It, it it's it's a fair criticism to levy at the MCU at this point, levied unfairly at this movie. Despite the fact that I agree it was too long. <laughs> um, all right. B Bob Grimm of Reno News and Review, vaunted periodical. Not as good as the Christmas special, but still pretty good. Agreed. Yeah. Also, what? You're, you're a paid writer. That's Be better than that. Um, let's see here. Uh, Elsie Ren Rengifo of Entertainment Voice. The movie packs both grandeur and grit. Hmm. Mm, there's a lack of grit to this one. Agreed. Uh, Michael Ward of Should We Should I See It? Enjoyable but inconsistent. I'm going to hope that the previous bit of that sentence that the ellipses is covering makes that make sense, or it gives it the appropriate context. Keith Garlington of Keith and the Movies. Oh. It's an <laughs> It's an overprocessed send-off that's so focused on going out with a bang that it loses its joy, charm, and trust in us to actually feel things on our own. Okay, what? Hang, hang on, hang on. Again, the, he's getting at the kind of constant undercutting of emotion with, and it's not just comedy. Gunn's a bit more adept at utilizing something to, uh, utilizing bathos than that. All right. But um, there, uh, this isn't an over, this isn't overprocessed. 
And frankly, I don't even think it's that focused on going out with a big explosion so much as going out on something heartfelt, which is not the same thing. Edwin Arnauden of Asheville Movies. The first MCL, MCU film to make grown men cry and traumatize their kids. None of that's true. No. I mean, you're not seeing Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, like, look, I cried at one because the opening bit is a small boy watching his mother die of cancer. Okay, first of all, if you took your kids to Infinity War and watched their entire fucking cast turn to fucking kitty litter. Oh, I, <laughs> I so wish I could have had that experience. Like, if you could, yeah. like, I, I want to go back in time and just shoot kids. Well, that not with a gun, but with, like, with a camera. <laughs> as, as, as fucking Star-Lord turns into fucking dust and shit. Spider-Man. Oh, that oh my God. Be- Every kid in the audience just slit in their wrist because Spider-Man turned into fucking, you know, cat hair. Yeah, like, listen, listen I, don't the I don't feel good, Mr. Stark. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, no. That is, yeah, that, he has not seen other Marvel movies. Um, Vincent Mancini of Film Drunk. Marvel's best movie in at least five years, and then it goes on for another awful 40 minutes. Uh, again, like, mm. I, I'm willing to entertain the notion that this movie's too long. I agree with it, in fact. But that that undercuts your point. Like again, this is the best Marvel movie in the last several years by a considerable margin. Nick Johnson of Vanya Land. It's often surprisingly effective at tugging on the viewer's heartstrings, but the application of personal investment and care to an enterprise that would, in another's hands, be soulless and generic is what Gunn did best during his time at Disney. So we've decided to talk about the like, look, Mark and I are ha- we're happy to, we're happy to talk the business side of things here. There's a reason we don't do it during the craft review because it's not necessarily helpful. Keeping praise on God in that particular respect doesn't actually help anyone with their understanding the criticism of the movie. Kevin Carr, <clears throat> guy at the movies, our friend, friend. <laughs> Less about Star Lord's hangups and more of a character study of Rocket. This offers an intriguing diversion from the previous films, and he can see Russia from his house. Making Rocket, <laughs> making Rocket the emotional core of this movie was a good choice. He's always been flitting around the edges of that. I mean, he is he is very much, in some respects, the emotional. Ho- he's one of the two emotional hearts behind Volume Two being so darn good. Um, Rocket's always been there, so again, I agree that making him the central focus was a nice choice. The future ex Mrs. Mr. Haina or Mrs. Haina, who am I to judge? Doug Walker of Channel Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to insult me, Alexis? No, I think you dug your own grave with that one. Congratulations. Uh, ain't no grave but the sea. Uh, feels more like an imitation of a Guardians movie rather than an actual Guardians movie. No. You know, take that quote, replace the word Guardians with critic, and that pretty much sums up this review. Yeah. 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 Well, fuck you, Doug Walker. David Wright that's, said it. That's not a. That's not an accurate review, and it's certainly not anything worth I seriously wonder if he actually even watches the things he reviews. Probably not. You know, if you could get away with reviewing them without watching them, I would. Uh, yeah, a lot well, of a lot of the stuff that we talk about here, I would not watch with wasn't reviewing it. So I know I say this every show, and it's it's part of the gimmick. It's it's part of the running gags. I say blah blahs on. I find the most obscure one I can find, or the one that makes me laugh to myself. And then I go, oh, blah blahs on Rotten Tomatoes would retoil in obscurity as I clutch my pearls and you know retire to the fainting couch. Retire yeah. to the fainting couch. Yeah, I know this this one. We've read her before, so I can't really do that here, but. Yikes, Rain, Jokinen, Joker, whatever the fuck your name is, of mullingmovies.com. 
Don't say I didn't warn you. Uh, just, I, just for the listeners, that is like open square bracket, capital D, closed square bracket, then don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> like she spelled it incorrectly or something? Yeah. Or like, I, well, actually, I think that's because that this was that's not the whole sentence. That usually, yeah. that grammar style, or that grammar edit is usually because they need to capitalize a letter that was not previously capitalized. Okay. Yeah. Again, it's like, this, so, so you took, then. yeah, it's like, so you took, you purposely took part of the quote that isn't even, yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> it don't say I didn't warn you to not but, to be before. That, that, makes, no, that makes that makes no sense. Like I, that, that that sentence needs context. But yes, I I am going to blame more whoever or whatever, you know, made clipped that poll quote. Yeah, that was terrible, terrible poll quoting. Yeah, I, yeah, that was terrible. And frankly, you're not in a horror movie trying to dissuade us from doing something terrible. Like, what's the matter with you? Uh, Robert Winfrey's cousin, Johnny Gaze Monic, a fanboy of the universe. Not accurate. I went into this film suffering superhero burnout. I'm not interested in your fucking mental health problems. And I came, <laughs> and I came out of it with the most wonderful and comforting form of heartbreak. And I can only say thank you. Please do it fucking privately next time. Stop writing okay, letters in your hang review. Hang on. Your review should not be a blog post. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. Adam Ollinger of Adam Does Movies of YouTube. The Guardians of the Galaxy now sits next to Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and Back to the Future as one of the greatest movie trilogies of all time. Oh, get a hold of yourself, sir. I... Okay, this is a very well done <coughs> trilogy, and I mm -hmm. will argue it probably belongs up there amongst some of the best trilogies. But no, you cannot compare it to the original Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. And well, yeah, and Back to the Future. It's like, no, those are e okay. This is a good, I would put in the, like the top 20 best movie trilogies, maybe top yeah. 15. Yeah, I don't even understand this one from the vaunted uh periodical Boston Globe former paper. Odie Henderson, top critic, a movie is only as good as its bad guy, and I dreaded having to spend time with him. Okay, well, considering that he like rips sentient <laughs> beings apart and puts them back together, and but he and, seems to be implying he's not a good like, bad guy, though. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're generally not supposed to want to hang out with the bad guys, they are the bad guys. You're not that, supposed that actually to like sounds them. like something he would have said. It's like before I waited to see this movie, that doesn't sound like it would make sense as part of the actual review. Friend of the show, okay. Jeffrey Hang Harris, on, before... no, no, no. Oh, I need to deal with that last guy for just yes, a second. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> My friend, you have so wildly, utterly, hilariously missed the point of that villain that I almost weep for you. <laughs> Not all villains are meant to be deep, tragic think pieces. Not all villains are meant to be relatable. Not all villains are meant to be... Uh, they're not like the the beauty of villainy in a narrative context is that it can span so much and knowing which kind of villain to apply to your story is a very important part of what's going on there he's an icky villain he's meant to make you feel gross that's his point if you don't like spending time around him that means it's being written effectively Jeffrey yeah, being a guy I want to have a beer with is not something I would put in a villain. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Harris, 411mania.com, friend of the show. Hey, Jeff. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is the most heart-wrenching emotional adventure yet for the galaxy's biggest, most lovable misfits. James Gunn delivers a grand yet poignant send-off for the Guardians. These morons will be missed. I'm going to say this. It's going to sound like an insult. It's not. Jeff Harris could easily write for the DVD box. 
<laughs> you're, you think you're going to call that the tick bird review? No. Yes. yes. Oh, that we already passed the tick bird one. This is, this is the greatest film trilogy of all time. <laughs> no, that's just asinine. Okay. When it comes look, when it comes to Jeff's take on this, again, I don't necessarily agree. This isn't the most poignant that was one a, for me. No, sir. That he what he wrote. Look, I, I'm not trying to pick at the guy. I was really trying to move just past this. Like it, <laughs> that one that one pinched my nipple because that was absolutely someone's fucking copy piece for the movie that works for Disney. <laughs> and and Jeff's better than that. And I and look, he may have actually felt that way. Who the fuck knows with Jeff? But that was absolutely devoid of any critical analysis and was all likes by my book. So yeah, no, I'm not. And we're moving on. Kyle Smith of the wall street journal, top critic guardians of the galaxy three is a blobbuster. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like other, like other recent Marvel disappointments jogs along from one visually extravagant, strenuously jokey set piece to another without offering much in the way of either dramatic engagement or actually funny ideas. Okay. Hang on. That's a, that's really a, you know what? H hang on. Rather than jump on this guy, let me just make a point. We've all become like so burned by Marvel recently in their quality dip that even when it's well done as it general as it generally is here, we're just so jaded to it that it loses its efficacy. Yeah, that's the end thing now. Ooh, look at me! I'm smart. I don't like Marvel movies. I'm not like the little plebs. I'm a super smart critic. Future. I just want to know why he's not he's talking about there's like doesn't offer much in the way of dramatic engagements like I'm sorry that you were unable to suspend your disbelief of the CGI animals that you didn't get wrapped up in them you clearly yeah, are I, just an asshole oh, uh, I meant, to mention, I meant to mention this in the craft review but as a brief aside is there any legitimate reason that every animal we see on the high evolutionary ship is from earth <laughs> You yeah, have the familiar. galaxy. Yes. Yeah, familiarity <laughs> for the crowd. Move this the fuck on. Future I know, I'm X, just saying. Future X Mr. Haina, Jeremy Johns of jeremyjohns.com. See, I'm doing it with her now, too. Huh? Everyone everyone gets a turn, Robert. Everyone gets a turn with me. Unfortunately, Robert, this is what happens when we mention that we pay attention to a critic outside this video. That's what happens when you, you know, when you uh, when you defy me. Anyway, ironically and even sadly, Guardians 3 feels more like a familiar MCU formula film rather than the unique vision that started Guardians of the Galaxy in the first place. I, re I really hope you enjoyed your weekend off, Jeremy, because you obviously wrote that review without actually going to see the movie. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> that, that does kind of reek of I can phone this one in. <laughs> that said, I, I, I think one of the things we did, like, it needs to be said, Mark, you watched all three of these in a row. Yep. This one felt like it had the most studio notes. Yep. So that does, no, that no is a, that's fair to at least note about this one. Last one, and we're going yeah, out with a fucking bang yeah, here. I see, I see it. I know where you're going. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> we here at Rattle Engine Broadcasting <laughs> Network try hard to provide you with critical analysis, intellectual discussion, the kind that you would find a hundred years ago in a parlor while drinking brandy, discussing the news of the day. And yet, Barry Hertz of the Globe and Mail top critic gets to be on Rotten Tomatoes while we toil in obscurity. With this, with this stunning. beautiful, <laughs> this stunning and brave 
uh, uh, contribution to the literary uh, world. I, I feel like this was at least helped along its way by Chad GPT. <laughs> I fucking hope so. Um, yeah, I'll say this quote needs to be freaking dipped in, like, in bro or, you know, engraved in bronze and studied for future generations. This is why I do not weep for the, for the newspaper industry at all. Uh, I am you did this to yourselves. <laughs> yeah. I am Groot disappointed the, the hang only... on hang on fuck this guy uh da, 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 da. so loki nice one yeah the, the only remotely positive thing that i could ever hope to say about that is that he perfectly predicted exactly what his boss said to him in the meeting that he called him in for right after reading that. <laughs> one would hope <laughs> David, right. seriously, you're on fire tonight, man. <laughs> right, here, hang on, Mark. I don't know. This goes out to anyone who knows the who can give me a clip that will fit the sentiment I'm about to express. We need something for the soundboard, almost explicitly for these kinds of critics. That's just something to the effect of your parents are very disappointed in you. <laughs> I don't maybe know. We should, maybe we should get like the clip of Jeb Bush running for president saying, please clap. <laughs> <laughs> that might do it. But I just, I, I need something for these people that just expresses the profound disappointment that we all feel in them. <laughs> I don't know. Anybody out there that has a good idea, please send them to Mark. He will, all right. He will sift well, through them. Speaking of feeling disappointing things, David, what are you plugging these days? Ooh, I don't have much to plug right now. Um, sure, you do. You were on like two shows last week, Hot Rock. Oh, okay, fine. I always think of plugging in future tense, but okay. True. So in the past, I've been on the Mandalorian season three review with everyone, and Mark and I reviewed Star Trek Picard season three, which was actually really good. <laughs> and talked a bit about the the state of Hollywood and Star Trek and entertainment and all that good stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, what am I? Keep going. Yeah. Okay. In the future, I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to be back for Dune. I should put you in there now while we're one of the few. Loosely related to something earlier. Speaking of uh, Denis Villeneuve, one of the few directors who knows how to actually paint visually with that shadow-heavy style. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, and uh, probably more me and Mark talking about various sci-fi things as soon as we figure oh, yeah. out what we're doing. And Strange we have, New World. Yeah, one we, and have, two. we have Strange New World coming up in the next couple of months, both seasons, a couple of months apart. Yep, I just added you to the Dune review. So you'll see David hither and thither as we go along um off the top of my head i don't know what else you're, you're doing in the near future yeah i kind of um, just browse the browse the schedule and it's like oh that sounds interesting and yeah dave david's like david's my walk-on he just got he just sort yeah. of shows up he's like he's kind of the snoop dog of the rattle to broadcasting network he's like he smells podcasts he's like yo pass it over and he just like walks just appears so i actually got half of that reference for terrific white boy all right speaking of white boys he is charged Alexis Hanna, show us where you pissed from. All right. As far as shows for you, this I'm actually uh, not going to be on uh, the network a lot this month. It looks like uh, you got me next week. We're going to be doing a TV party tonight, Muppets Mayhem. Uh, going to have a lot of fun with that. Mm -hmm. And you've got me uh, suffering at the end of the month when I have to review The Little Mermaid. You say it like you're like I'm forcing you. I assumed you wanted to do it. You don't want to do it. You could tell me to go fuck myself. It's I'm to the fair, Mark, when we actually record the shows, you pretty much have your internships like I forced you and begged you to do this. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't. I don't passive aggressively make people do anything. 
Yeah, Mark. What was? Oh, by the way, that television show we're supposed to review. That's I, my birthday present, Precious. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm just warning you. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I am no longer available from. Let's see. It's like nine to eleven my time. So that's eleven. What did I? To, okay. Did they give you the? Did I give you a bad time for that? I think you said Thursday noon, and I can't do it. Oh, you're right. I did. Um, okay. I'm just I saying, will... Next few months that my, those, the middle of the week, my, uh, my mornings to early afternoon for you are not free. So what mornings, what mornings are you available? Well, not Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So Monday, thir- uh, Monday, Friday, Saturday, depending on what the UFC is doing, probably, and not Sunday. Okay. So if I put it on a Monday afternoon, you're fine. Probably. Cool. Let put me there, and if something else comes up, it'll be something else. Like if if Jeremy says, "Please fill in for Tony and cover Raw," and I go, "Well, if it gets me out of watching the Idol, I will suffer through the landscape of world wrestling entertainment at the moment." No, if I, I put you on for um, I put you on for Monday noon, the thirty first. So I just moved it moved it up two weeks. Or moved it back two weeks. All right. So, so Monday, it's all out by then. Monday the thir- no, I know it will be. It's only a six episode thing. Um, so Monday the thirty first at noon, and I will probably move some of this around. All I right. want you to appreciate for just a second that I could have waited until like the day of to spring that on you and gotten out of that piece of crap. <laughs> I would have been so mad. Um, all right, moving on. Be mad when we're done with it. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun. We're gonna have such a great time with it. I'm going to make it my personal mission to ruin that. I'm just going. <sighs> Terrific. Alexis Hannah, speaking of ruining things, you were saying. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like, so do I get to continue my plugs? Because, you know, I do need to talk about the company that pays my bills. Please do. <laughs> yes. Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. Like I mentioned earlier, we just wrapped up uh, Indiana Comic Con in Indianapolis. Uh, it was our first time being out there since we stopped doing Indie PopCon a few years ago. Had a lot of fun. Uh, did, anyone actually... up to, did anyone walk up to you and be like, hey, I heard your Peter Pan review. That guy's a dick. <laughs> Strangely enough, no. <laughs> okay. On a fun side, though, my table was actually pretty close to the celebrities, and I got to see Rose McGowan, Sh- uh, Shannon Doherty, and Holly Marie Combs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they had a little charmed reunion going on. Except awesome. for Alyssa Milano, because she ain't ever going to do cons, apparently. Yeah, you're not losing anything. She's 100. It doesn't matter, and she's also a lunatic. Who cares? <laughs> okay, fair enough. So uh, our next show coming up is NakaCon. That's here in the Kansas City area. Overland Park, specifically. It's a big anime show. Looking forward to it. And after that, uh, we got a month off before we head to the Greater Austin Comic Con in late June. We've been doing that one for years. It's a really fun event. It is very well done. I love working that. Looking forward to it. In the meantime, um, do have some fun news. We have just inked a consignment deal with a shop in Omaha, Nebraska. Goblin God Games is going to be putting out our wire wrap dice necklaces, our Scrabble tile pins, and our handmade video uh, game cartridge keychains. Uh, so we're going to be dropping those off later this week. Uh, so if you live in Omaha or you live in the Nebraska, just uh, go ahead and check them out. 
And as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and our shops on Etsy and Handmade at Amazon. That's Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic. All right. Um, we only got one other show this week um, because, like I said, I'm doing trivia, and then I got other stuff going on. But we have plenty of things being aired. Today, we had a uh, re-airing of DC Me Santa Barbara. Volume three, there's an unspoken issues for JLA Mark, Rock of Ages. For the record, Mark trying to sell me on the crossover between what was it, Green Lantern and uh, Huckleberry Hound. Hound. Yeah, <laughs> Mark trying to sell me on that by going, Robert, imagine the wire in Detroit. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, was that the one where I did Speed Meets Flat or uh, I think Bear so, Flash yeah. Meets Speed Buggy? Yeah, no, so no, what's... no, you did um, uh, Deathstroke and Yogi Bear. Oh, and I love was, that one. Then it was the one before that with my dad, which was also hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Your dad, it's not, I've, I've learned it's not polite to laugh at the mentally handicapped. Yep. Um, speaking of which, check out my dad on TikTok. My TikTok, <laughs> at Mark Radledge. Anyway, there's a Snap Material Animals Assembled recap that's airing uh, tomorrow. Um, they, we've got a Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do review an interview with the people from That's Our Time at Panic Fest. Another snap material apparently unlocks live battle Avengers versus X-Men. Jesse, what are you doing? Um, Whatever he <coughs> wants to make himself happy, Mark. Clearly, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> movies that don't suck in some that do. Ghosted and Evil Dead Rise will air on the 11th of May. And then there's another snap material, for fuck's sake. Um, and then in the evening, we will be, because it is May the 4th, be with you, and Revenge of the 5th. We are reviewing Galactic Empire Special Edition. We'll be talking some Star Wars. I'm going to talk about my trip to the Alestorm concert with Glory Hammer. Friday, there's yet another fucking snap material. God damn. Um, this weekend is Everyone Loves a Bad Guy. Saturdays, we're going to look at the bad guys from The Simpsons. And then on the 14th, speaking of Alestorm, Judas Priest. Redemption, uh, Redeemer of the Souls will be uh, Mother's Day. Next week. I know I've been saying all this time, I'm not doing more than like one or two podcasts a week, you know, social, yada, blah, blah, blah. But this particular week, man, I am loaded up for bear. Uh, uh, Jason and I on Monday are going to be doing a TV party for you season four. Uh, I will be on. I will be on with my buddy, John Brodigan, old, ye old freak boy. Oh, uh, wow. Where's your, you, you dragged him out of the. I didn't drag the- shit. He fucking contacted me and big time himself onto the show. Um, so he was like, yeah, I got, he's like, I saw the trailer for Muppets Mayhem. Please put me on your podcast. And I'm like, let me talk to the broad who runs it. Um, so yeah, the broad who runs it, Alexis Hanna. Uh, so we will be panel members along with you're, Zach, the Lego maniac. You're uh, going to be in for it on that one, Alexis. If you've never heard Mark and John go after it, uh, that's an experience. <laughs> hey, I've yeah. got some, I've got, uh, access to the mute button. I know how to shut them up. Yeah. I can also boot you off the show. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then you lose your host, and then you're back to hosting all the TV network shows. Or, or not do them at all. Um, I love you, Alexis. Don't want to lose you. Love you, too, Mark. Anywho. By the way, I believe uh, Zach the Lego Maniac got in touch with you about Elemental. Maybe. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure I wrote it down somewhere. And then, uh, because there's no damn you, Hollywood, Robert and I are going to be doing a triple feature. We're going to catch up on some streaming movies. We're going to look at Tetris. That's on Apple+. Plus, Boston Strangler on Hulu and Bruiser yeah. on Hulu which I'm sure Robert will never forgive me for. Um, well, look, Boston Strangler's not great. Tetris is overwrought and doesn't have the story for the runtime. Have you seen Bruiser? And are you speaking from, like, 
your no, place. No, I have so- not watched it. Okay. I'm not watching it. I, just, I read the synopsis and I thought it'd be a good one to cover. That's fair. Um, and then we were supposed to do it a little ways back, but Pat had, uh, I think, a date, and then I went and did karaoke with the Jackie, so we put it off. Um, but we're catching up noon on the 18th, the Barrera versus Morales trilogy. Um, and then that is the week that was. All right, Jeff, Robert Winfrey, go ahead and do your plugs. All righty. My coverage schedule has been pared back a great deal because MLW doesn't run on the same day that they used to. And now AEW seems to have murdered Dark and Dark Elevation as they are restructuring ahead of Collision becoming a thing. So who knows if they get something else in that same kind of time slot, I'm sure I'll cover it. But until then, I am free of AEW. I am still, however, shackled to the rock of WWE SmackDown. And because I was less than Jared, I was um, I was myself when I reviewed the SmackDown Go Home show for Backlash. Great crowd, by the way, but didn't care for the show. And that always leads to the people coming out going, why are you doing this? <laughs> why don't you just quit? <laughs> if you want my job, come and take it. <laughs> uh so, but I cover SmackDown on Fridays. I cover the UFC events. There's UFC 288 this last Saturday. Decent event. Ran long. Co-made event did not need to be five rounds. Hopefully we all learn from this. Uh, this coming Saturday early, we have an early show for UFC on ABC4. It starts, the prelims start at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. So that'll be fun. Uh, I'll be covering that in the MMA zone of 411mania.com if you want a full preview of that card and yeesh. Uh, I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast, so every week I give you a look into the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts. Give that a listen if you're so inclined. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find me over there. All right, folks. Thanks for checking out our longer than usual. It's like the first time I've done one of these and we went long and I wasn't rushing to get off. Um, longer than usual review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I want to thank David for coming on. Alexis, always a pleasure. Robert Winfrey, Mark Radledge signing off. Be well, be safe, and behave.